Here we go. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we have our Fearless Beer Review. We talk about vinyl. We got we talk about new music and other happenings in the music world. But we're going to change it up a little bit this week because we're going to talk about our top fives of the year. Our top five episodes we've done because we're that cool. Uh, we're going to do top five vinyl pickups of the last year. And then we're going to round it out with top five uh, albums of the year. Albums of the year. So my name is Tyler. Way out there, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Um, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. If you want to give us a call and leave us a voicemail, we do have a phone number. You can call it anytime, day or night, 24-7. That number is 503-893-5307. So get into that. Do that. We'll probably play it on the pod. So, uh, yeah, let's just get right into our fearless beer review. What do you got, Jeff? It smells like, like dog farts in here. Well, you do have three dogs. But none of so. them have been in here all day, I think. Are you ripping out food in here? So I don't know why. I just came in here. Hmm? And this okay. is definitely a dog fart. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> That's Whatever. disgusting. Well, they're disgusting animals. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah I am. Um, I have a. I have a stout. Of course. Of course. I'm trying to get back into them. Um, I've honestly, Hopefully that doesn't happen. Dude, I've all, honestly only been drinking like Coors Lights and Hazies for the past couple of weeks. Ah, uh, what kind of Hazies? But when I say Hazies, I'm not like slamming them down. It's it's like maybe one a night, and the rest is just like light beer. I don't know. I maybe my stomach can't handle it. I don't know what's going on. But um, yeah, I have a stout. It's a uh, it's from a really good brewery, Prairie Artisan Ales. Oh, that's why you're right. That's you were why. asking me about that. There it is. Mm-hmm. This is an imperial, an imperial stout with birthday cake flavor. <sighs> no, birthday so. cake's not even good cake. Birthday it's like cake, the worst of the cakes. Birthday cake is fucking delicious. Like no, it is once not. Once or twice a year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. What it is? It's not so even that. Good. No, not even then. No, it's not. Like when no, you got like a, a kid's birthday party, and 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 after the pizza's like done, and you're like, oh, I I could probably eat another slice, but then they pull out the birthday cake, and you're like, yeah, give me a, give me a corner piece because that's what the name of this stout is. Oh my god, that that was really <laughs> stupid. That was really that was a dumb lead up. <laughs> oh, dude, I just cracked it open, just popped it, and it oh. smells like fucking birthday cake. That is, but see, that just oh my drinking God, a birthday so cake. Yeah, it smells good. It smells good, but then once you taste it, ugh. this is also gonna um, be gross. This is also eleven percent. So oh, dude, this is gonna be quite the episode. Oh my God. But Prairie, they make cool. Um, they make cool artwork designs for their beers, and this is very, very colorful. 
and it's just um, it's just cute, and it's got that label that's kind of like plasticky, you know, like you scratch on oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Just feels real nice. Everything's just tip top stuff from Prairie over there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I got uh, this is one I actually had on the pod not too long ago. I just I didn't have anything else. It was last minute. And uh, it's the No Save Point. It's the collaboration beer that Run the Jewels did mm. with a bunch of breweries all over the U.S. Uh, but this one they did with Mason Ale Works. And uh, I don't remember the other brewery. Oh, Horace. Horace Aged Ales. That's who. It, it's a collaboration with them. And it's called, like I said, it's called No Save Point. The uh, label's like a play on the covers of the, of their albums with the two hands and stuff like that. Uh, this is a West Coast IPA because it is local to uh, California. Because oh. I am in California. Oh. Just saying. Just throwing spoilers, that one out there. Spoilers. I know. So many spoilers. So this is 7%. Por- 7%. I've had it before. Um, but my my thoughts on it might have changed from the last time I had it. So we'll see how that goes. From two weeks ago, sure. Yeah. From, uh, no, it was more like th- three weeks ago. Let's just say three weeks ago. Just weird because your your musical tastes haven't changed since you were like 12. But all of a sudden you think like your taste will change in two or three weeks. That makes sense. So yeah, let's, hey, uh, let's cheers. Weirder right? things have happened. Okay, here we go. Oh, God. Oh, there it is, baby. There hmm, okay. it is, baby. <laughs> Does it really taste like birthday cake? He's back, homie. <laughs> but the thing with, with that is that's birthday cake. It's not a normal stout taste. Hey, right? that's how you ease into it. That's how you ease oh, into God. it. This is an 11 percenter. You can taste <sighs> the alcohol a little bit, but it's very, very distant. You're getting a very big birthday cake taste, but not. So it's a little misleading on the on the on the label because the cake itself is like yellow or white frosting, but this is definitely like a chocolatey cake with like chocolate mm. frosting is what I'm getting here. Actually, I guess that makes sense. With the a only stout. the only cake that I enjoy outside of like a kid's birthday is on my birthday. Somebody will make it for me inevitably, but I like the yellow cake with the chocolate frosting. Oh, like lemon cake? I don't think it's lemon. It's just like the shitty Betty Crocker stuff. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's it. But then I only like it if it's... I don't like it when it's fresh, like it's still like spongy. I like it the next day when the top of it's hardened a little bit, but not too much. It's <laughs> so weird. Oh, that's to die for. And that's like the that's only so time, weird. actually, throughout the entire year that it will drink milk outside of cereal. I mean, that's a great combination. Cake and, uh, cake and milk, that's good. Dude, in moderation, it's delicious. Like it's, it's so good. Yeah, once a year. Yes. Oh. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. There's only really one cake I really enjoy, and that's a German chocolate cake. Mm. That's it. German chocolate cake and like maybe an ice cream cake, maybe. But just that's certain, about it. Certain things you only want once a year. Like you only eat hot dogs like once a year, right? Yeah, Fourth of July. The only time I eat hot dogs. Fucking weirdo. But that's cool. The only time I eat corn dogs, or if I go to Disneyland, only time I eat them. Because Corn Dog Castle is closed, or the um, Hot Dog on a Stick is closed, the mall. So, no more Corn Dogs. Like all of them, or just because the mall is closed, therefore the Hot Dog on a Stick no, is closed. No, the one at the Brea Mall has been gone for a few years. Oh. But that's my only point of reference is the Brea Mall. Gotcha. Because uh, I don't go to the mall because the mall sucks. The mall but. is pretty terrible if you're not willing to spend a ton of money, be gluttonous, yes. or if you're not like a teenager. You're absolutely right. Because when I was a teenager, I would go there all the time. We all did, because they allowed us to loiter. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and they had Hot Topic. So. Oh, and yeah. Spencer's. And Spencer's. Remember Spencer's? Yeah. 
dude, the hot topic out here, there's an outdoor mall that is next to Grace Records. Oh, you've been there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been there. And there's a hot topic like two doors down from Grace Records. And man, there is a line every fucking time because they only allow a certain amount of people in. Oh, it was like that when I was there, too, I remember. Right. The line's like 20 people deep. Yeah. Because I wanted to go in to see if they had any vinyl. But yeah, then there was yeah the line. And Everybody's in there trying to buy black nail polish or something. I don't know what they buy from there. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. All right. So you got your birth, your nasty birthday cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. My uh, oh yeah. So so, mine, my, my no save point. This one's like really flat, compared to the first batch I got a few weeks ago. Um, it, there's like no carbonation. There's no bubbles. You can just taste that it's flat, and <laughs> it's so weird considering it's only like a month old. So the candidate can't be no older than a month and a half. There's no way. But that, it's a little bit disappointing. So I mean, it's gonna get a lower rating than normal. So we have a three-point rating system here on the pod where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer, but you should give it a try, and zero is a drain pour. So what are you going to give your beer? Can you hear that? I heard something. Is that loud? Uh, not really. Uh, uh, uh. I showed up way louder on my audacity than I guess it was. Um, are you having spikes? No, I was just rubbing the bottom of my beer bottle on the desk. No, this is good. This is good. Like I said, um, I'm enjoying this a lot. I'm worried that when I get back down to like the last 30% of it, it's going to be really syrupy and really thick, and it's going to be hard to put that part down. But um, yeah. as of right now, this is a 2.5, but it, it probably won't go higher, but it probably will go lower. Okay. Yeah, probably more than likely it's going to. Unless like you drink them fast with when they're super cold. Stouts are just, ugh, they're syrupy. They're, they're a syrupy mess. That's what they are. No, you got to let the stout, stout rest out of the no. bottle. It's like a steak. You don't, you don't take the steak out of the fridge and boom, start cooking it. You let it rest at room temp for about 20, 30 minutes, and then you can start the process. Same thing with the stout. Get it out of the fridge, let it rest about 20, 30 minutes, let it warm up a little bit, let all those flavors really come out. You're good to go, man. No. You're good to go. No, that is so gross. So nasty. <laughs> uh, this uh, my no save point. I'm gonna have to give just a two. I I know I rated it much higher before, maybe like a two point seven five before, but the the fact that it's flat is just ruining it so much. Maybe your tastes have changed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know, honestly. Yeah, I'm gonna give this one a, a just a two, just a, a solid two, just because of the. The flatness of it, man, I, it's just so disappointing. So disappointing. Yeah. All right. So, you got anything else on your beer? Should we get nope. moving? Get moving. Okay. So normally we jump into our vinyl stuff that we've got for this uh, over the last week, but we're going to change it up a bit. We're going to get into our top fives, and um, we'll save the top five albums of the year for the for the very end. Um, what should we start with? What should we start with? I don't know. What, what do you want to start with? It's your choice. Teacher's pick. I don't know. We could do the favorite albums that we did on the pod and then go into the vinyl buys and that'll lead into our vinyls of the weeks. But then that means we, then that means that the top five albums of the year we'd have to do before the vinyls. Does that sound right? Gonna, you just said we're going to do the albums of the year last. No. Well, I meant last out of this segment. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just, just pick one and tell me what to do. 
<laughs> we'll do our favorite vinyl buys because that's how it's listed in my notes. Okay, so we're gonna do a top. Our, eh, we're gonna do our top five vinyl buys. Our top five of the year. Oops. All right, what do you got for your number five? So these aren't. Um, I mean, some of them are. They're not like my favorite albums of all time. These are just something that meant something to me when I picked them up. But number mm-hmm. five is Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat when I picked that up. Because I had okay. been searching for this for a long time. Like almost ever since day one we started, I had been looking for this. And I found it in a random box at Double Nickels that wasn't even labeled as anybody's. And there was no price on it. And I just flipped through it. And it was mostly just just like Lawrence Welk and Ray Conniff and just a lot of stuff that you just don't want. Including yeah. this for most people, I guess. But um, for me, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I flipped through it and I saw this, and I let out like an audible "whoa" because I was super excited. <laughs> and I popped up, and everyone's looking at me, and I was like, "Dude, Joseph!" And then, of course, I look like an idiot. But um, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Because <laughs> that's how I felt with Robin Hood last week. That is just you, 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 you get those ones that you've been looking for, and I've been looking mm-hmm. for this one specifically, like this specific version of pressing. it oh. and so i was i was super stoked the, art, the artwork is very colorful and it's it's an amazing it's first of all it's an amazing play it's an amazing musical the songs are phenomenal this album is phenomenal and i was super happy when i got this because i love this it's fantastic glad how many times have you listened to it uh only like three to be honest really that many i listened to it twice the day i got it right when i got home and then oh, i shit. ended the night with it again and i listened to it again this week so three that's impressive that's impressive. I, I really thought like, it would only been once. I feel like I should listen to it more, though. Hopefully not. It's not that good, man. It's pretty I good. I don't get it. It's I just don't good. get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well. Okay. Well, my number five. Ow. My number five is... um. What? What, gonna, what do you get? That's going to be Omar. Omar. Angels and Airways. Angels and Airways. <laughs> Omar. Here we go. Go ahead. This one was special to me. I've been... I. This is like one of my my top ones that I've been wanting ever since I started collecting. And, and I, this is at the beginning of the collect of the collecting, um, addiction. And, uh, and I just shelled over the, shelled out the money and I got it. And it was Omar Rodriguez Lopez, uh, the apocalypse inside of an orange. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is an all instrumental record. It's like jazz fucking world weird ass stuff. I, I made you listen to it when I was out in Arizona and you actually enjoyed it too, which I was surprised about. Um, and it, it's cool. It comes on. It's a, it's a double LP, 180 gram, um, really like almost mint condition. The right, the LPs themselves are clear vinyl, which I know you don't really like, but it lo- it does look cool in the end. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an immaculate condition. And I love this record. It's one of my favorite solo records of his has some great, great jams on it. So that's my number five. Omar. Omar Rodriguez Lopez. Yes. So Here good. Here we go. Okay, what do you got for your number four? Number four is Richie Valens. I picked okay. this one up from a friend who has a who had a bunch of vinyl and like hundreds and hundreds, but it was a lot of the box sets from Reader's Digest. It was a lot of Ray Conniff, Lawrence Welk, stuff that nobody wants. And so sifting through all that, there was a couple of Harry Belafonte's they pulled out, and that that's about it. But then like a diamond in the rough. I seen this one in there and I was so happy because this is another one that I wanted to buy. But if you can ever see this in stores, it's either new or it's like 80 bucks. 
Fuck that. If you ever seen that. I've only seen it twice, and both times it was 80 bucks. Which this copy Damn. on Discogs only goes for like 45 or 50 on like the median price. Yeah. So it's not crazy expensive, but still. I, I think it's a fantastic album, and Richie Valens is my personal favorite like rock and roller from this time. So I was, I don't know. I listened to this one yesterday too, and it just... Dude, it fucking it bangs. It is such a good album, and he was so fantastic. And there's really nothing about him that is like inherently great, like guitar wise. Mm-hmm. He doesn't shred. Doesn't really do anything crazy. Like the music's part of it. Like his biggest song, La Bamba. Yeah, didn't even speak Spanish like at all. He just phonetically recited that song. So that's that's <laughs> whatever's. So like nothing about him is just great. But I think just because he was like 17 when this all happened and just his life was cut so short and just thinking how popular he was essentially for just a year before he died and just think what he could have done after that. I mean, yeah. But then I also wonder like, would he be as popular if he hadn't died? I don't know because with, with proper care with now being happy with, with finding a good manager that cared about him and wanted him to write music and now with money to f- help him support his family and take his family with him, you know, on his dreams. I think so. I think so. He was just a good kid. I mean, I don't, I don't fucking know him, but from everything that I read and seen <laughs> and, and stuff, like he was a good kid. He just, he was 17. Like what 17 year old's a dick? I think they're all pretty of dickheads. Yeah, they're all, they're all dicks. Yeah. It was just cool. <laughs> and this is a fucking great album. And, and I was super happy that I saw this. And uh, I don't know, this one just, this one just means a little bit more to me. Okay. No, I mean you're you're lucky you found it for that cheap. That's pretty crazy. Well, it was free. He essentially gave it to me. Oh yeah, that that's right. It was. Wait, where'd you get it from again? It was uh, not from that big bat. Not from the. Wait, yeah, where was it? No, this was from a friend of Renee's, a coworker. He was having like a barbecue, and somehow vinyl got brought up, and he's like, "Oh yeah, dude, like my dad gave me all of his." And I was like, "Oh cool, like how oh, many do you have?" And he's like, "Oh, I have like six hundred. I was like, "Oh shit." I said, yeah, go take a look if you want some. So, duh, duh, bro, <laughs> duh. You'll take anything. Exactly. Anything. I didn't take all those Lawrence Welkin shits. So I fucking left that. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. Yeah. All right, my number. Uh, my number four is this is this is one that I I discovered. This is an artist I discovered through collecting, and it's uh John the Johnny Smith Quintet with Stan Getz, and the album Moonlight in Vermont. Uh, Johnny Smith is a guitar uh, was a jazz guitarist, and then having Stan gets on there with the saxophone, uh, it's just really like mellow jazz music, and it's just it's just his guitar playing is is it's very smooth and but very fast, but not like winky fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just he's just a really really solid guitar player, and a lot of people will compare him to Django Reinhardt uh, in his style. Not necessarily the music, but his his style of actually playing, and I think that's really impressive too, considering who Django Reinhardt was. Um, but yeah, no, Johnny him? Smith. What? Did we just talk about him? In some we did last capacity? week, but I don't. Yeah, I don't remember what in what music or something. It might have been yeah, some Gypsy Tears. <laughs> gypsy Tears. <laughs> but <laughs> now this Johnny Smith Quintet record, um, it's fantastic. I got it for like less than ten bucks on Discogs, but uh, and he's he's like a. I was I've read more about him and he it's kind of sad because his his wife died like back in the early 70s or late 60s and he was he was already becoming very popular within the jazz scene 
and uh and his wife died and he just was so heartbroken that he took his daughter and they moved to like bumfuck nowhere in the like Colorado or something like that and just like he raised his daughter by himself and like he would occasionally play at like local clubs but never did never really made music again after uh, his wife died so Damn. yeah but no he was he was like on the Johnny Carson show like he was he was he was a pretty big name in the 50s and 60s but yeah after after that accident or whatever however she died I don't remember but yeah he just gave up the scene and raised his daughter so he died in I think the early the late 90s too I wonder if he ever did anything with Jimmy Smith the uh the, also the jazz musician that would be kind of cool, like a like a Johnny Jimmy thing honestly I wouldn't be surprised because it seems like all these guys have played with each other at one point or another but it seems like everybody's played with John Coltrane everybody's played with Miles Davis Everybody's played with Stan Getz, especially like he's been on a thousand records, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So go check it out. It's it's a good record. And that's my number four pickup. So what do you got? Number three is a little bit different. It's going to sound stupid at first, but it's that Abraham Lincoln that I picked up. Oh, yeah. That was and a good one, though. It, it, it's a good it's a good album. It's it's just spoken word. But this made me realize that this whole like vinyl collecting thing isn't exclusive to music. And there's a lot of, I mean, obviously I didn't know anything coming into this until this year about collecting records. So mm-hmm. this Abraham Lincoln one made me realize that like, you don't, you shouldn't just look for music. You should also look for like fucking anything like spoken word, poetry, plays, whatever it is. And yeah, now I have like a ton of stuff that I really, really like. Um, I haven't listened to Abraham Lincoln since, the first since time you I let me borrow it, it. Yeah, yeah since since that time but that's that record is what allowed me to to kind of like expand my mind even more i guess yeah it was cool it was really well done so yeah i mean especially for that time like like now i have a ton of spoken word stuff and i just picked up another a, cu- a couple other ones like a jfk one the other day i haven't listened Ooh. to that one yet but it's just that one should be cool it's just fucking interesting they're so interesting mm-hmm Love them. So yeah, Abraham Lincoln is uh, is, is is my number three. All right. Well, my number three is uh, something a little bit more modern. Uh, this one is a record I know that you and I both really really enjoy. We even listened to it when I was out there. I brought it out there to Arizona and we we gave it a, a spin. And it's uh, Angels and Airwaves. Their record, We Don't Need to Whisper. Their debut record. I got the, the double LP, but it's only three sides, which is kind of lame. And then the fourth side is etched. But it's that cool, like black and purple variant that match the, the artwork. Yeah, that matches nice. the artwork. Yeah, it looks really nice, and it's just oh, it's so good. I had to pay a little bit extra for it because it's been out of print for a few years, and it who knows when they'll repress it next. That money though. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like wildly expensive, but it was more than I would have liked to have paid for, you know, a record. Brand new, but, it would have been twenty seven anyway. Oh, brand new would have been at least thirty five. Yeah, so you didn't pay I, that much more. I paid like I paid fifty five for it, so not that much more, but still, it's worth it. It's well worth it. It sounds fantastic, and you'd agree with me on that one. So we had a good time listening to it. I think we did. Um, so yeah, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have this this fake hatred towards this fucking band. It's true. It makes I no totally sense do. to me. Totally do. It makes no sense. Okay, so that's my number three. Angels and Airwaves. We don't need to whisper. Okay. Cool. Number two is my CCR box set. Duh. Cheater. Did you think that was going to be on here? Of course, no, because that's che- that's that's called cheating. Yeah, my CCR box set that is um, 
this is fucking cool. Like I, th- again, this whole world is new. Like like a newborn baby tra- traversing this this crazy universe of vinyls. And when I saw that CCR had put out a record store day release, 2016, I was uh, I was very intrigued. And then some guy was just selling it for like 70 bucks, even though right now they're all going for like 150. I don't know why it was so cheap. And I kept emailing the guy and he kept like taking pictures and sending them to me. He's really responsive and fucking mailed it out. And it's killer. It is so rad. It's got three, three 12 inches and then three 45s like singles. Mm -hmm. And then it's got like a booklet, a sticker, some pictures, a poster. It's just, it's just really well put together. And the box itself has like metal railings. Mm. It just looks really nice. And it's just a really nice, talking point it's a really nice centerpiece and even though i don't listen <laughs> to those really albums nice, in there because i have other copies that i will listen to it's it's just fucking cool and i like looking at it and sometimes i'll just sit down and kind of go through it while i'm listening to ccr especially and i will just be super happy with myself and i will smile and i will have a good time it is really cool it's a really well put together box set definitely but i wouldn't i wouldn't pay that i couldn't pay that much for that guess i'm just not that big of a ccr fan yeah you pretty much only like um probably like Proud Mary, and then Fogarty's Up Around the Bend. And then that's it. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Oh, God. But it's a night. It's a great box set. So good. Good on you. Uh, Let's see. What do we have? My number two. Number two. My number two is is something I discovered through collecting. Uh, This entire genre of music I discovered through collecting. And uh, it's Martin Denny the uh his first record exotica mm. he's like the guy who spearheaded this whole genre of music of tiki culture style music of the 50s and 60s and um dude i i love this record i've listened to the this one and probably the johnny smith one i've listened to more than any other record i have so uh i i love this record i think it's fantastic jeff hates it cuz the animal noises but that's okay <laughs> um but how the many, one thing i haven't done how many martin what? denny's do you have I have 12. God, cause I, I think like I need five. like 25 more. <laughs> I think I need 25 more to complete my collection. Oh, yeah. You're almost there then. I'm almost there. So so if anybody sees a Martin Denny record, send it my way. That'd be great. Uh, but, you know, I have both the mono and the stereo version, but I still have not listened to the mono version, which is supposed to be supposed to be the better version. But for whatever reason, I haven't got around to listening to it. Must so. not be a big Denny head. Nah, apparently not. But I do love this style of music. And I think he's really good. And there you go. Martin Denny, Exotica. It's good. Get into it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, mean, I have five of his fucking albums, so it's it's probably a little bit better <laughs> than good. Some of it's better than, than others, but... Well, that's most bands and records. When he no band try- has like a perfect record. Dude, there's tons of bands that have perfect records. Raising the oh, Machine. I mean, no, no, no. I mean like perfect. All other records are perfect. Uh, Raising the Machine. No, we all, we all know Renegade's not a perfect yes, record. Yes, it is. So it's so good. It is not. You're crazy. It's like a 2.8. It's not perfect. <sighs> okay. Not, no, come on. That's, that's <laughs> All right, a for, flat for, out Run the Jewels is probably the only band I would think of that probably yeah, you're right. is close to like a perfect record. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. R- Rage also gets close, though, to be fair. Very close. Very close. All right, so well, who do you got one. for your number one? What do you got for number one? one? Number one is the first album that I bought, the first vinyl that I bought, and that's plus forty four. Is we don't uh, or when your heart oh. stops beating, we don't need a beating. <laughs> we don't need to whisper heart stops beating. 
Yeah, plus 44s, uh, when your heart stops beating. This was legit the first record that I owned. I owned this so early in my career that I didn't own a record player at the time, but I had a That's record. true. So <laughs> I, I had to listen to this on, on my roommate Sloan's record player, <laughs> mostly when he wasn't home because, I don't know, just, he didn't like it anyway, so the fuck's the point? But, um, yeah, I... I I probably listened to, like, if I could pick five records that I've listened to the most out of any of them, this would be in the top five for sure. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Richie Valens would also be in the top five, too. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, this, like I said, this is the first one that I bought, and I was super, I was super, I was super happy about it. I got home, I put it on his player, and it fucking looped. It it loops <laughs> like right out the package. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, this is why I don't want to buy records. <laughs> All pissed off, and so I called Grace Records, and I was like, "Dude, it fucking loops." He's like, "He said, even though that's possible, it's highly unlikely." And he said, "What probably is happening is," and then he explained a bunch of stuff that I can't quite remember. But what I think he said is because it's so new, and maybe your needle is so old, it's not tracking in the grooves properly. And so it's skipping if like either it needs to be tightened so that the needle goes into the record harder or you need to replace the needle. <laughs> but which case it, 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 the record was fine because I eventually did get a record player, played it on mine, fucking smooth every time. No problems. And I've had a couple <laughs> other new records straight out the packaging that have done the same thing, but have kind of like auto corrected itself. Yeah. So, yeah. Plus but 44. you also had to replace the stylus on yours, right? Yeah, I did. I mean, you're supposed to replace them anyway after X amount of listens. And I can't remember how many, but I'm probably due for another replacement. There's only like 25 bucks. Yeah, but already? Fuck. Dude, I've listened to probably close to a thousand records. Damn, that's a lot. <laughs> like 650 of them have been straight up new records. And then all yeah. of the repeats and doubles, it's probably close to like, plus all the stuff like Sloan puts on. It's, I've probably spun like close to a thousand records on my turntable. That's crazy to think about. <laughs> Dude, it is. It's insane. And like, I mean, just, we only started collecting half, half a year ago, right? Yeah. And yeah. Just, we started, I think, in June. Dude, I look around at, my, at this room and I see all these fucking records here. And I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like 2021 has got to slow down. <laughs> oh, I know. Like if I've gotten this, I mean, I don't know. I, I've gotten a lot better with my collecting though. Like, I'm much more picky about what I what I get and buy. Like like I told you, I already have a small pile of stuff I'm gonna I'm not keeping. So but damn. Well before you it, get rid of that pile, you stuff. need to send me those that way if I want some of those. Oh yeah, then I'll give you some. Yeah. I'll pick Absolutely. But m- most of them are probably gonna be from the um the first batch we bought together. Okay. Because it's just stuff I just I don't really I probably won't care for, but we'll see. We okay. will see. Okay. Okay, so my number one, this one is not the first one I bought, um, but it was it was a special buy. It was a fun buy. It was it was very um, uh, of the moment, and that is uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, oh. and Infinite Sadness from Grace Records. I from Grace Records, one, your favorite one from Bob. Oh shit, that's crazy. Fuck. But yeah, so yeah, when I was out in Arizona, what was that? Month and a half ago, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, we went record we literally spent like seven hours record shopping hit four <laughs> different stores and um grace records they had this one up on the wall i'd kind of been looking having keeping my eye on it over the last like few months and i was like oh, i can't bring myself to spend that much on it but then i noticed people were selling out of it and it was going for a lot more so i'm like 
fuck it, I'll just buy it. And uh, and yeah, it was it was it was great. We listened to it that night. You actually sat through fucking two a double album twenty. Yeah, I songs. know it was long. It was over two hours. <laughs> it was so fucking long. What I love the it hell? though. But it is such a rad box set with all the artwork and the lyric book and ah, it's so good. Like as far as I box sets go, and and just the amount of time an artist puts into it. I mean, if the artist even had anything to do with it, but that is really well put together. And there's a lot of things to look at. There's a lot of things to read. So that is mm-hmm. uh, that is money well spent. Yes, I and it's say. a nice firm box too. It's not anything cheap or cheesy. It's it's nice. Great artwork too. I love the artwork. All of it. The music's great too. Eh, well, all fantastic. You loved Melancholy. Get the fuck out of here. I did. It was like one of the worst albums they've done. What are you talking <laughs> about? You. It's not even top five's Pumpkins. It's <laughs> I, not. It is, but not for you. It's that's not. okay. One day you'll get there. One day you'll get there. It's only because you hate 1979 for whatever reason. <laughs> that's it. That's yeah, true. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions, or you just, or anything like that? No, I, I, I mean, I could, I could go for days. But yeah. I kept it at, at five. And, and my, my five like changed a lot. The only two that didn't change was no matter what, I was putting plus 44 as number one. And then mm-hmm. CCR, the box hit, was in the top five for sure. But everything else kind of fluctuated and changed. <laughs> All right. Yeah, my, I, had, I had a bunch of stuff that I was playing with. But that, those were my top five for sure. It was fun to go back, though, and like reminisce and, and think of just how far we've come and and just I how I mean, we, we've are, we've always had a pretty diverse taste in music. Like, if you had yeah. like a Venn diagram, the middle part, like where we overlap, would be bigger than normal anyway, because we do like a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, but even like, though we overall, fight a lot. like our Venn diagram for like I guess like the common folk, like we have such a high tolerance for music, it's ridiculous. And it's not. I don't think it's just not to like toot our own horns, but I don't feel. I feel like it's not just like high tolerance for a lot of music, but we. We seem to know a lot of artists from each genre. It's not like we're just saying, "Oh, I like jazz music. I I only know about Coltrane," or right. I, "I I listen to punk music. I only know about fucking Ramones or something." I don't know. Yeah, the, we 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 tend to know a little bit more than your average Joe about genres, I, the different just, genres. It just comes with like constantly listening, but even <clears throat> even going to shows and stuff. When back in, when shows were a thing, and when we had no commitments to anything except going to shows and yeah like we'll go to anything like who fuck cares live music is live music let's go and that's exactly what we did yeah we Dude, saw a lot of shit don't matter a lot of is. shit uh so good okay so uh we're good with the vinyls let's move on to our t- since we're so damn full of ourselves honestly yeah. um let's move on to our top five episodes we did this year I'm excited about so, this one too. I don't care. I know. We, honestly, <laughs> we we had some really good ones, and I I, I have a list of honorable mentions because it was so hard. Honestly, it was so hard to get get my top five on here. But we'll start with the top five. What do you got? So number five for me is Estelle. We did Shine. Mm-hmm. I just um I I forgot how good that album was, and I forgot how great she was. And yeah, in our, our new format, when we kind of dove in deeper and we listened to all of her other albums, I realized I think like this girl, like why do we never hear about this girl outside of like American Boy? And I don't, I don't understand. It's irritating. I think we did a really good job like dissecting the album. I think we did too. And it was just, it was just really good. It was just really fun. And it's, um, 
Dude, it's such a fucking banger of an album too. I, I just had a really good time with it. That, that was my number five. Like you, I had a lot of a lot of honorable menchies, and so yeah. it was hard to it was hard to whittle them down. But my top two for sure. Like we're, we're, they came to me like instantly. <laughs> yeah, my top three came to me instantly too, and then everything else after that was fighting for those last two spots. So my number five is uh, the Beastie Boys episode we did on Paul's Boutique. Uh, this one I, I put I put so high because I had never really listened to Beastie Boys that, that much outside of like the hits. So it was like a good learning experience for me. And I learned so much about the band and kind of what they stood for and then just the music itself and like how fucking good it is. I mean, Paul's Boutique, they only have like two bad records and Paul's Boutique is not one of them. Um, Why would you even set it up like that, though? Like, you were going to say Paul's Boutique. Because <laughs> I just wanted to piss Stupid. you off. Um, but no, it was. I thought it was a really fun episode. We had. I mean, there was a lot of fighting, of course, um, because of you. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, was, it was a really fun episode, and we really got, got deep into it. And just the rankings were a lot of fun. Just f- arguing about the rankings themselves was just exciting. So <laughs> that's, my, uh, that's my number five is the Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique. All right. So, yeah. So number, what do you got for your number four? Number four and three are kind of similar in that it exposed me to this band or exposed the mm-hmm. band to me. And I don't know how you would really... Pod reading is hard. Number four for <laughs> Pod me reading so hard. is Grand Funk. When we did Grand Funk. Oh, okay. I'm that was surprised. That was such an incredible week for me. I don't know. Something really clicked with Grand Funk for me. And that album, that, that self-entitled their second album. I listened to that. That that might even be like my top five most listened to albums too. Like I listened to that album a lot because it's really good and I really like Grand Funk. And then it spurred this weird obsession where I needed to have all of Grand Funk's albums. And so mm-hmm. I have I have like all but one official release and then one live release. But I have That's unbelievable. I have compilations. I have other live stuff. I have like the other 11 of their albums i don't know what it is but i think this band is so fucking cool they're so awesome and that was such a fun week because there was a lot of grand funk that we got through there was so much (laughs) it was so stupid because some of it's so dumb (laughs) and a lot of it sounds the same but i I had a good time that was that was that was a good episode i had a lot of fun with it i can't believe you you liked e pluribus more than or i can't believe you hated it so much no you liked Phoenix. Your, oh, that's what it was. It was yeah, Phoenix. Your favorite I, album is yeah, like that's Phoenix, right. That, that which was is it. like yeah. one of their well, worst. no, no, no. Phoenix, no. Phoenix is like number three. Grant the the self title was one, then E Pluribus was two, and then Phoenix was three. Oh, okay, that's what it yeah. Was. Yep, that's what it was. Phoenix is because trash. I remember too because like I always see the the Grand Funk and I always see Phoenix out in the wild, and then the the one where they're dressed, dressed as cavemen. I see those all the time for like so cheap. But then every time I come across E Pluribus, it's like it's twenty dollars and up. I'm like fuck, twenty dollars. Yeah, it's because it's always that that the coin that one, disc, the coin one. Yeah, oh, I've never seen the for, other one. Got that one for free, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's tw- always twenty dollars every time I've seen it. Dude, that that one where they're the caveman. It's called Survival. And first of yeah. all, it is such an ugly fucking cover. It is disgusting, and I hate looking at it. <laughs> but I got mine for two bucks over at Shady Grove Records before we went to Laughlin. And it comes with like the original, like five by eight cards that are just 
like headshots of the members yeah. in those outfits. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> and it's so fucking ugly. And it's like I can't I can't look away. It's so terrible. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. It's like the uh the the album the liner notes for Enema of the State, like just a bunch of guys in their underwear. Oh, love it. <laughs> I can't look away. But they're like all doing something kind of dumb. But the best one, what's the best one? The Mark one, right? The Mark one, because it's so <laughs> disgusting. It's so nasty. And he's had this little like smirk on him, and he's like turning turn him back like the copper tone suntan girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. I laugh every fucking time. All right. So my number four, wait, we're on, yeah, we're on four. Four. My number four is Nirvana and when we did it in utero. Uh, this one, because it was just like, I think what spawned this was the uh, the Post Malone set he did with Travis Barker. Yeah. I think that's what sparked the whole thing. And, you know, I've been a, such an Nirvanaman since I was in like seventh, since like seventh grade. And uh, and you've always just, all you've done is talk shit on this fucking band. And then now you fucking love them. You have like all their records now, except for Incesticide. But you have everything else. It's insane to me. So I, it's more of just like, it was a really good discussion. It was like a good learning experience and it was just it was just a really fun episode to talk about and just like really get into because we like we got into like his suicide and we got into a bunch of stuff that was related to in utero and and not really being a lyric man um reading the lyrics on this record was just really cool because just never done it never never dove into it so that was a really fun one for me was was the in utero episode so okay there you go interesting nirvana all right well my number three um is in utero when we did that. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, that's that was that was hard to pass up. I, I feel like our our top two are probably going to be similar, if not the same. Probably. But we've had we've had a couple episodes that were just like eye opening, even from a standpoint to where like you have listened to this album way too many times, like hundreds of times, and it still <laughs> meant something as it did like to me it was still as fresh to you as it was to me when we yeah. did it for that week and that's like that's unbelievable and yeah like i've always said that nirvana's super overrated which i do i still uh if you take out oh. like never mind i feel like they're adequately 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 wow adequately 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 no 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 it's not quit adequately adequately oh this adequately. is fucking weird dude this is a bad word i feel like this they are appropriately I don't even know what I was talking about. I lost my train of thought already. That was a good episode, and I do. I have I have their their three studio albums, and then I have Unplugged. Uh, fuck. None of which I bought full price, to be fair. But uh, oh, must be nice. Yeah, must be nice living in Arizona. Huh? Dude, I got bleach yeah. for like ten bucks, and it's like brand new. Yeah, I got my bleach for fifteen, but that's the only Nirvana one I have. I don't have any other Nirvana. Yeah, that's weird. That's out of the three studios. That's their worst, but still good. That's your best song. But still good. About a girl is not their best. It's their best so song. Oi, 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 oi. Sliver is, but that's okay. Oh, no, no I mean Spank Through and then Sliver. Um, My number three. My number three episode that we have done is uh, Run the Jewels, Run the Jewels, Run the RTJ4. That is my, my third favorite episode. This was just... I mean, we, we did RTJ3 a couple of years ago on a Lost episode because that was a surprise release. We did that one like at literally at the last moment, and that was a lot of fun. And wh- I know when this record was coming out, I, I suggested we have to do this one. It it has to be good because the last one was so amazing, and we did. And I mean, we p- both pre-ordered the vinyl, the pink vinyl, 
And um, it was just, dude, every song on this is a fucking banger. It's just, it's just remarkably amazing. There's not a bad part of this record. And there was so much to talk about lyrically and musically and just how they made these songs with all the sampling issues. And, oh man, and then Zach is on it too. So can't complain. So RTJ4 is my, uh, my number three favorite episode that was just it was so much fun doing that episode so. i'm curious what your number what your number two is since the bomb pops is your one i wonder what how do you know is. but see you don't know that they're not my number one you're just assuming yeah so my number two is <laughs> is the bomb pops when we did that episode that was yeah. um that, that was, was fun. that was weird because with little source material to even go off of we went like we went crazy deep like it was i don't know how we did it was either. weird it was bizarre and like from a band that hasn't released like a lot of material and then whatever they have released hasn't really been like dissected ever. Yeah. Like it was, it was, uh, I don't know. It was just really weird. Like how, how, how deep we dove into it. And very surprising. And like, and it was even more bizarre because people from the bomb pops reached out to us and said, we did such a good job. Mostly. <laughs> And then they did it, and then they dove deep into their own album, and it was uh, like listening to some of their stuff, and and I still think that they're all wrong. Like we're correct on our 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 breakdowns <laughs> and our insights, and they are incorrect. But it was uh, it was, I just it was so fucking weird. I don't know. It was so bizarre how 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 much we pulled out from like nothing. Yeah, I I was shocked by that. <laughs> that was a, that was a fun one. That was a really fun one. I'll get more into my how I feel about it because obviously it's in my top five. Uh, but my number two, my number two was the At The Drive-In episode we did with a friend of the pod, Skip, mm. or Chris. I thought this one was just a lot of fun because we don't have guests on very often in the new format. We just just hasn't happened. And uh, and he reached out to us, said he really wanted to do an At The Drive-In record, and we suggested Interalia and because relationship of command and... and uh, um, Oh my God, why in Casino Out are just way too easy of a choice. So we went through the last record, and it was just a lot of fun diving into that and and getting into the um the the album rankings and just hearing his viewpoint on it. And it was just fun talking to somebody we don't even know. We we had literally had never talked to this guy on the phone or over Skype or anything. So it was just like a it was a cool experience in that that we just everything we all we all went into this blind. And it was yeah. fantastic. It, no, I thought it, I thought the episode turned out really well. It, it truly was, like you said, blind. Like like nobody knew what to expect. Never met him. We're not even in person, and we're more. <laughs> this guy's from fucking Birmingham, England. I know, and all we do is make fun <laughs> of them and make fun of their accents and make fun of like everything because we're just we have no idea what we're talking about half the time. <laughs> but it was just it, it was it was good, and, and like in person, we're very friendly and we can get along with pretty much anybody. But yeah. when you're behind a mic, things are a little bit different. So, like, nuances get lost because there's no facial expressions. There's no, like, physical attributes to look at. So I was definitely worried about how this was going to turn out, especially because somebody that doesn't know us, like, ever can... can yeah. Like, our humor can be a little off-putting to people. It can be a little yeah. aggressive. Yeah, we get a little out of control, yelling at each other and just being assholes to each other. But But it was... It was great. It was like better than than great. It was like fantastic. It was a phenomenal episode. 
like he he was able to roll with the punches between you and I, and then he was taking shots at both of us as well. So that like there was really good back and forth on that. So that was another thing that I liked so much about the episode. Like he made it seem like there was there's just no like downtime. There was no awkward silences, nothing like that. So it was good. And we and we all kind of made fun of each other. Like we made fun of him too, but then he threw it right back at us. So mm-hmm. it was it was good. It was really good. So that's my number two episode. Number two is that the drive-in. Okay. Well, my number one, like, obviously, is, is Run the Jewels 4. RTJ 4, I thought this episode was, was I think this is, the, this is my favorite episode that we've ever done. Like, really? Did, okay. The amount of time and the amount of, I don't know, the amount of, like, energy and emotion that we put into it. I thought it was crazy. I thought it was unbelievable, and it it, it wasn't it's it wasn't just like lyrically or like the beats, but just like overall how we sit, how we are currently sitting in society in this world, in this this timepiece in history. I thought we just did an incredible job. Again, not not toot our own horns here, but I thought we <laughs> did an toot. incredible yeah. job at like dissecting the album, throwing everything out there, letting laying everything out on the line. And just, just really getting into it. And it just so happens yeah. that the album is fucking good. Like, it's a perfect, yeah, it was a perfect like, album. We both gave it perfect threes. Yeah, we did. And th- that doesn't happen often, especially with me. I don't throw that shit out very often. <laughs> no, you, yeah. you throw threes out less than you throw that line out. Fuck <laughs> 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 Oh, man, we did. That was yeah. a cool episode. That was a fun episode. But it was, I, it, was, it was a good episode. It was a good one. But you saying it was one of the episodes that we that we did the most work on. I I'm gonna disagree with you on that, because the one that we did the most work on was the Smashing Pumpkins record. That was a lot of work because no, that was so much music. Yeah, but, but like work work is work is different. That wasn't work. That was just listening to music. I didn't like sit down and and dissect all the lyrics to every single Smashing Pumpkins album, and even True. when we did the album of the week. It wasn't as much work. I didn't put as much work into it as I did the RTJ4. Not to say that I didn't put any work into it. It was just a different kind of work. It wasn't as complex as as like the RTJ4 was because they're mm-hmm. they're a lyrical-based music group, and so therefore, naturally, there will be more work involved with the lyrics. As, as the Smashing Pumpkins, like the music part comes way easier for us than the lyrical part. Like listening True. to an album like once over musically can be enough like like we we're, we've been doing this for long enough and listening to music long enough and playing music long enough to where we can pick apart a lot of things just on one listen and run with it and talk about it for an hour no problem the lyric mm-hmm. part has only come into play in the past like year or so to where we yeah, need multiple true. listens dive in a little bit deeper and so the rtj4 was just uh i don't know it was it, it was also us being out of our comfort zone too. It was that it was us. Oh, absolutely! Like getting more emotional than we usually are, and and yeah. I don't know, being being more like aware of of the source material, who's writing the music, who are they writing it to. It was it was just incredible. It was good. Um, I, okay, yeah, I know. We did do a lot of work on on that too, but I guess it, it was just a different kind. Like you said, it was a different kind of work. That was a good way of putting it. Um, so my number one episode we did this year was the bomb pops death in Venice beach. This one was, I mean, like you said, it's so weird that we were able to to learn so much about this damn band with how little they have out there. Um, that was truly remarkable. Um, but it also, the album itself I think is just so fucking great. And, uh, and then, 
in the end, all all the I think all the band members listen. I know at least Polly and Jen did because those are the two that reached out to us um, in our DMs, and they, um, like you said, they they reached out and they said how great the episode was, and we did so much research, and they're so just like honored and and happy that we would even do that. So it was just really cool, and and also along with what you said, our analysis of their album was better than theirs. Of course, just say. Because ours was correct, and theirs was subjective, (laughs) and ours was objective. So Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So that was really cool, just to have a band, any band that we've ever done, reach out to us like that, without us even, like, we all we did was, like, tag them on Instagram. Like, we didn't, like, pester them. We didn't go into their DMs and say, oh, you need to listen to this. Like, they they just saw us tag them, and then that led to them listening, and that was just so cool. That was was the best part of it, too. Yeah. Not the best. It's just so many cool parts to that whole thing. But I just I'm still surprised rad. at like what we did for that album was, was like essentially somebody gave us one line on a piece of paper and then we wrote like a like a like a play <laughs> out of that one line. <laughs> like there was just the album had just come out kind of and there was yeah just, it was only out was, like two weeks I think there was there was nothing written about it. I mean even yeah. for a band like that they're not like crazy popular to where people would write huge expositions anyway, but there was just, there was no source material to go off of. Yeah, there was so little. There was nothing. And considering they had, they couldn't tour at the time because there's like no like tour stories. There's no like promos for the record because <laughs> a lot of the promos are go hand in hand with the touring. So there was just so little, yeah, there was just so little to go off of. And I, I know you and I pulled from like podcasts and stuff that they had done just prior to it. But outside of that, there was like nothing to take from it but it worked out and it worked out i honestly think it worked out very very well to be our to be up there with like one of our the best episodes we've ever done yeah for sure so yeah that was that was a fun for sure so i don't know if you wrote down any any um uh uh, oh Oh, honorable menchies (sighs) honorable menchies i can't speak because pod stuff (sighs) Pod reading, man. Pod reading, pod talking. It's a, it's a tough one sometimes. Oh, but do you have a, any honorable mentions? The only honorable mention is Sublime. That's it. No, I'm just what? Kidding. That's not. That's not. Oh, that's you're not so, that's I would have been so mad at you. No, I th- no, I do. I mean, I have some. I really liked, even though it probably wasn't as much fun for you as what for me. I really liked our Kanye West episode. I had okay. a lot of fun with that. It was fun to go back and listen to all of his stuff. It was also fun to to rediscover some things that I forgot about him. That was a really good one. I really liked the Radiohead one that we did. That was also really fun. That was um, an interesting one for sure. And like Metallica, that was a really cool one because that was this year, right? That was this year, yeah. Yeah, that was this year, yeah. God, this year's been so fucking long. And that was a really <laughs> good one because that, um, I don't know, I became like a Metallica man and St. Yeah, Anger is like their fourth best. So hmm, whatever. <sighs> Dude, you're fucking out of your mind. It truly you're is. Out of your mind. And, and I think it if I went back not. and listened to our rankings, I probably ranked St. Anger like four, maybe I, five. I really don't think you I think you ranked it like pretty low. No, I liked it. I liked, it. Sure I liked it. I know I'm I know you ranked it above load, reload, and uh and black. I'm pretty sure what I did was master and then probably lightning and then kill them all and then St. Anger. I really don't think so. I I'm gonna have to go back. I'm gonna have to go back and figure this one out. Yeah. This is stupid. Did we were we ranking albums at the time or oh, were yeah. we just listening to them? Oh, actually, I don't, no, we definitely were. Because why would I? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, now. I don't know why now you would listen to anything. So, yeah, who knows? All right. yeah, that was a good one. That was a fa- that was a great one. 
Um, any other honorable mentions? Um, I mean, not like the top of my head. Um, dude, we've done we've done essentially we've done so fifty-two many. albums this year, right? At least, yeah. Because yeah. a couple and, times we did a couple a week. But and, and some of the stuff that we've done, like when, when you came over, we did the Vandals and the Gutter Mouth in the same day. Yeah, like that was that was exhausting. <laughs> that was that was way too much. We got like so drunk, and by the time I think Gutter Mouth was the second one we did. Yeah, we were by the time that drunk. one hit, it was just it was just like <laughs> it was a disaster. But it was fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then, what do you I mean, expect? We did a Gutter Mouth album. So we've like, done Blink like fifteen times this year, probably. And we did. We only did two. Well, no, we did one Blink record. We only did uh, Toy Pesh, but I don't even remember doing it. We did the Blink like, Bonanza too. Like, I guess we I, did. No, I think the Blink Bonanza was late last year. Was it? I think so. Yeah, because I, I was going through. I went through all of our episodes for this year, and yeah, I, I don't think the Bonanza was on there. But I and I thought it was weird we had only done Toy Pesh. But yeah, and like quick. I said, I don't remember doing that at all. I have no recollection of it. But oh yeah, the Blink Bonanza was this year. It was in it was in January. Oh okay, so the first album that we on. did this year was Body Count. Oh yeah, body count, body count. <laughs> that one was was okay. It was okay. The, dude, the the songs that were good were great. Yeah, everything else was was okay. Okay, at best. Dang, we did so okay. many good public end movie did this year. Forgot about that. We did Dookie. Oh, oh, so you didn't even go through the list. You just I went did. off the top of your head. No, I I I thought I did, but no, but those ones weren't. <laughs> we weren't we weren't as good back then as we are now. Well, true, but we were pretty solid at the time. Yeah, we're right. So let, let, let me run through my menus real quick. So one was Smashing Pumpkins, like we already talked about, because, you know, that was just quite the week oh. of so much Billy Corgan. And you you were converted converted into a pumpkin man. No, so that's always no great. I was not. Yeah, you were. Um, the other one for me was uh, Metallica's Master of Puppets, because you were converted into a Metallica man. And that was just a really fun talk because it was just so interesting to me to hear like you know why you like metallica now which is really cool so that was honorable menchi um estelle was another one um because we talked about that you talked about that on one already uh the treyu one was fun because it was just kind of cool to reminisce about the music scene of the time <laughs> yeah. yeah of the music scene uh, the Mars Volta when we did Bedlam and Goliath because one that record's amazing. Two, it's Omar, and three, it was cool talking about like the the soothsayer and the the Ouija board. It was just that whole all the lore was really fun. Um, I am the Avalanche was a really fun one for me because that turned me into an Avalancheman, and uh, so that was really fun. And I think that record is really fucking good. And um, what else do I have here? I have Aqua. That was a fun one because it was kind of out of our comfort zone as well with euro dance pop music and just how stupid everything was and that was a fun <laughs> one and then the last one was van halen and i just i i still can't believe it took me this long to get into van halen like what the fuck is wrong with me so that was like a really eye-opening episode for me but there you go those are my honorable menchies had to throw those on those those ones out there we should have done like the some of the worst, at least like two of the worst albums that we've done. Just looking back and some of the shit things that we've done. <laughs> Are you gonna say like Deftones? No, yeah, uh, that's that's for sure like top one. <laughs> no, but but for real, for real, for real, like the Sex Pistols. We we really put that oh, one that to bed. Awful, we really yeah. tried. We gave it a go. We we dove in and we realized that yeah, they suck. That album sucks. Yeah, 
that band <laughs> sucks and they're kind of a joke and they uh they're like a, they're like a pop band for the for the punk world. Yeah, it's really sad. Really sad. Lame. That's why they're so popular. Oh shit. Okay, should we get into our top five albums that were released this year? Let's do it. Okay. What do you got for number five? Number five, um, I've been waiting for this on vinyl because I ordered it, pre ordered it, and mm. there was something wrong at the pressing plant and it didn't oh, press, and so it, I'm not gonna get it for like another two weeks. So I had to listen to it via Spotify, but it's I am the Avalanche Dive. And my top five, again, I mean, there wasn't like a lot of albums this year that were released that I was excited about and even less that I thought were were good or mm-hmm. like great. But um, okay. I, am the Avalanche, I Am The Avalanche Dive, that's their newest album. I think it's uh, I think it's good. It's, it's definitely like my third favorite. It's above <laughs> Wolverines, but it's not as good as they're self-entitled. And it's no. definitely not as good as Avalanche United. No, definitely. I think they're, they're, they're still doing the same sound they did on Wolverines, but they're incorporating a lot more of like the gang vocals, a lot of like the heavier, chuggy stuff from Avalanche United. But there's not enough like harms, not enough melodies that I wanted to hear thrown back to like, uh, like their first album. And mm. like, it's fine. It's, it's good. It was worth the fucking $17 I bought it for four months ago on online but that'd be number four i also have a favorite so I, I wrote my favorite song down for all these two because i'm gay oh, okay but uh the got? morning that's their closing song on this one i think this is uh it's one of their best songs like in a while and besides i really like their like long anthemic jams like gratitude from avalanche united that was my favorite song from that album it's just <laughs> they really get into this groove and, and Vinny screams and everything's really heavy and noisy and like you, it just sounds like they're having such a fucking good time. Everyone's having such a blast, and that's yeah. that's what I really love about this band too. Is they they just sound like they're always having a good time. Yeah, that's very true. I this is a band that really they really surprised me. But I I kick myself for not getting that vinyl. That was that was a bad move on my my part. But it, I wonder is it still available? I'm sure it's still available, especially now because there's delays in the pressing. So they're probably going to like double down on the amount of pressings they're going to do. Yeah, probably. To like help recuperate some of the money lost from the waste of the first pressing. Which doesn't make it I don't understand like how this works. Cause it's basically just P V C, right? Like the polyurethane vinyl carbon, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. It's just P V C. And so if you're just melting it down and then making circles out of it and then pressing it from a master copy, like if you fucks up, just start over. Like how much could it, how much this stuff possibly could cost? Yeah, I can't imagine the P V C yeah, P- yeah, it's not. It can't be that expensive. Sell shit at fucking Home Depot. Let's go buy it. Because <laughs> <laughs> what it would it be? It would probably be like maybe three or four feet of an actual PVC pipe that makes up a vinyl record. Yeah, I would assume, right? Maybe four four feet of PVC pipe. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't much. know, but I don't think it should cost this much money or this this amount of time. Yeah, that's true. And all they have to do is throw in like coloring into the mix, so it's not. I mean, I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine it costing that much, but whatever. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So that's your number five, huh? Yeah, that's my number five. Again, this was this year wasn't like rife with with releases that I was excited about, and again, even less of albums that I thought were really good. Okay, that's fair. Because I feel the same way as you. There wasn't a ton of stuff that came out because of all the 
the shit that's been going on with COVID and so many bands have like put everything on hold. Like Weezer put their record on hold. AFI was supposed to release something back in September, but they put that on hold. Data so a lot of bands, Data Remember. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Just fucking release it. Like, it's so frustrating. So uh, my number five, you're going to hate me for this one, but it's uh, Haley Williams. It's her, it's her, <laughs> her first solo record, Pedals for Armor. I know you don't like it for whatever reason because you just you don't even know why you don't like it. You just you don't like it because I like it. But yes, um, I have this one. Actually, all these records, my top five records, I all have on vinyl. So, uh, "Pedals for Armor" is a record, and uh, I think it's just a solid pop record. It's just very unique. It's not like normal shit you would hear on the radio, but it's still pop music, and there's a lot of really good melodies and. Man, she's she's a really good she's really good on this record. Her voice sounds amazing, and my favorite song is the first song I heard off of this one, and it's Cinnamon. I think that song is fantastic. So, okay. yeah, that's my number five, Haley Williams. Well, speaking of hating people for their choices on top <laughs> albums of the year, my number four. I've been trying to keep this one a little bit of a secret because when we first oh, no. talked about it, I didn't like it that much, but upon subsequent listens, and then I even listened to it yesterday. Oh no! I don't have it on vinyl though, but it's it's Bob Dylan. It's Bob Dylan's oh, dude, rough and rowdy serious? ways. No way! Are you fucking stupid? The more <laughs> 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 oh, the more really the, is it really? It is. It is. Oh dude, the more God. I listen to this, I realize that this is like Bob Dylan. This is Bob Dylan being the Bob Dylan pre-electric that we love, but kind of that, like that we love yeah that we or love because i know you love it but you're just a little cuck and you pretend like you don't love it <laughs> but dumbing it down for today's audience and that song that song rough and rowdy ways yeah that or, or no not that's the name of the album murder most foul that's that 17 minute uh jfk song oh yeah that that one was awful it's so good it is it it's is not it is such a fantastic song and bob dylan's such a a ridiculously good storyteller and he's just I don't know man like between him and like Tom Waits cuz I think Tom <laughs> Waits is a fantastic storyteller as well but when we give them the title like musician that's when people start to like like you people start to think like oh he's not a good musician and so like, well just think of him like a storyteller think of him like a poet think of him just just speaking and and, and talking about things whether the it's not going to make no sense because parts <laughs> of the song in 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 Murder Most Foul don't make any sense, and it's just like him talking and droning on. But like that's the point. Oh, that's that's so like the boring. good part of it. And the song's not about like JFK or a politician. The song's about like a murder. The song's about somebody that got killed and sensationalized. And there's it's so much deeper than than than, than that. And it's a fantastic album. It's so good. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I can't believe I can't believe this broke your top five. I, I wish I didn't. I, I wish I didn't sleep on the album when it first came out because I'm sure, like pressing probably were cheaper and I probably could have got a cool variant. But I probably will buy this on vinyl probably in the next like six months. Why? I just I don't get it. Because it's good. It is. It is just a good fucking album. And Bob Dylan at his best is just he's just like reciting his own poetry, just having a good time. And that's what this is. All right. I thought you were going to say something way cooler, but apparently that didn't happen. Damn. <laughs> that that one really surprised me. It really, really did. 
It did for me oh, too. Man. I was I was looking at the list <laughs> and and I was like, dude, there's like nothing I even want to put in here. I, there's a couple honorable menchies that I, I didn't put on here, but like the Bob Dylan one, I was like, you know what? This everybody says this is really good and it's got really good reviews and people think that it's fucking fantastic. Let me let me give it another go. Mm-hmm. And I did, and yeah. I was uh, I was happy. You, you love it, obviously. I I was I was very happy. You can't wait to buy it on vinyl. That is true. This fucking guy. Uh, okay, my number four um, was one that was highly anticipated amongst some people. And uh, I've got a really cool variant of it, and I'm very happy with it. I think it's a fantastic record. It's a double album, and it's the Smashing Pumpkins. It's their record, Sear. And um, this is a, this is quite the banger, and you would agree with me on that one, right? No. No, why? Why would I agree with you on that one? Like uh, some of their songs are pretty good. Pumpkins. No. Oh my gosh! I thought this was a fantastic output from the band. Very different from what they what they normally do, but it was still very good. And um, yeah, Seer is a great album, and my favorite song off this record is Witch. So that's a great song. But we already talked about that last two weeks ago. So Witch, no reason to get more into it, I guess. Right? That is, yeah, that is damn true. My number three. Is Suicide Machines. Oh, yeah. um, Fuck, I forgot about that one. I wanted to pick something that I actually do like and I I would listen to more and more if I had it on vinyl. And fuck, man, I saw this at Nichols one time for like 16 bucks and I didn't pick it up. I don't know why. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. It actually was the same day that I picked up an honorable Menchie. But um, this is is a fantastic album. And and so good. A lot of bands that come out with new music that try to recapture the sound from their most popular early stuff, it just never works. No. It, it just it, it always just sounds like dated or it sounds like old guys trying to sound young again. But dude, these guys killed it. These guys recaptured the sound from like destruction by definition. And it sounds fantastic. And they can still skank it up. They can still punk it up. <laughs> and everything about this record was so good and it blew away my expectations and i was pleasantly surprised this is a phenomenal output I, i'm with you i was very very pleasantly surprised with that one that was a good one but to very play to play caesar is to be stabbed to death that's my that's my favorite song from there that's just good ska man good ska in the middle and then good punk mm-hmm. around the edges damn it i i totally forgot about that 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 one actually replaces my Haley williams i'm gonna say that right now I don't know why I totally forgot about it. That makes me mad. Because there, uh, I don't know. Like again, there, was, there wasn't. And a I even have it on vinyl. I even have it on. I know. Vinyl too. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how to <laughs> fuck that up. I don't know. Because it was so uh, early. This year's been so long. That's what I think. That's what it was. Because it was. It, it really was like in like February or March. But that that no, may have well been like the fucking eighties. Because like who knows, dude? Like this year's felt really fucking long. Okay, that's your number three. Solid number three. Yeah. Uh, my number three is a band that I always look forward to when they put out a new record. Been a fan for over a decade now, and that's uh, Deftones. They put out a new record, Ohms, this week. This not this week, fuck this year, uh, back in October. And um, I mean, if you like the Def, if you like Deftones, then you're gonna like this record. It's very good. It's not, not their best, not their worst, definitely not their worst, but it's a solid output from the band, and it's it's produced so well it's just terry date did a great job producing it and i think it's a great record and my favorite song off this one is uh urantia 
great, great song. So get into this record. Get into this Deftones record. Um, oh, it's fairly cheap, too. The vinyl's fairly cheap, so you should buy it, Jeff. No, that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> you might like it. You never know. That's you true. never know. That, that is true. I don't know. All right, so what do you got for your number two? Number two, um, Bomb Pops. We talked about them quite a bit. The Bomb yeah. Pops. This is um, this was a fantastic release. This is this is mm-hmm. a band that we've both heard of so many times through a podcast we used to listen to. At least that's how I listen. That's how I found out about them. Yeah, same here. But I just never, I never, I never jumped on board. But that's not to say like I chose not to. They just talk about a lot of music, and so I can't, I can't listen to everything. Yeah, and so it was a long time coming for this, and then this this like this has almost been like the year of the bomb pops. Had it not been for my number one, this would have been like the year of the bomb pops. I'm with I'm I'm close. I'm almost there with you. On what cr- you said. How are you, how you gonna put? How you put RTJ four at number two? Are you crazy? You don't know that. How do you know that? <laughs> you don't know that. That's bullshit. That's anyway, bullshit. House House is on fire is my is my favorite song. I just I, I love how it goes from slow to fast. And it's really slow, and it goes to really fast. I think yeah, it's great. How's on, was House on Houses on Fire your your BB when we did the episode? I don't, I don't, I don't think dude, it was. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so either. But I just, I don't know. Maybe it was because it's a good song, and well, it is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Tyler. It's it's good. It's my favorite. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Okay, let's go. Let's get into my number two. Uh, my number two is uh, RTJ Four from Run the Jewels. This was uh, this is a perfect album. This was an album that I've listened to at least once a week. I listen to this one. It's um, it's so damn good. Every song is a banger. Like I was saying earlier, and um, I I just have nothing bad to say. We we already touched upon a bunch of it, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it too much. So. Yeah, what is your what is your number one then? My number one is R two J four. Run the jewels four. Of course, of course. This is uh, I think you only put it at number two because like everybody in America thinks that this is the best album of the year, and you know you don't want to be like that that cool and popular. So that's why it's number two for you. But it actually is the best album that has come out this year, hands down for sure. <sighs> it is so good that the lyrics not only reflect like current political statuses, but kind of encompass like the history of man in general like that's how Mm. good it is and it was released like days early because of of various political uprisings in america there was like fuck it put it out put it out yeah if you want to listen to it for free listen to it for free you want to give us money give us money whatever i don't give a fuck (laughs) like damn dude run the jewels Uh, of like a like a death grip on on I'm like music right now. They're just, they're like unstoppable. Anything they do I know. is just, it can't be touched. It's godlike. It's so good. I forgot to say my favorite song off this record is uh, Walking in the Sky. Oh, that's mine too. That's, that's, that's my that's new one. That's the best one. <laughs> it's so fucking good. God damn just that, that coat. It's so catchy. And then like friend of the pod, Mike, he, he hates hip hop music. But one time, like two months ago, I played this record when we were listening to records out in the living room. I put this record on and he was like, upset that i was playing hip-hop and then it got to that song and ever since then even yesterday he was singing that hook to walking in the snow he does it all the time (laughs) i don't know what it is about that it's so weird but that hook he he just is so obsessed with it but it's great the lyrics are some of the best on the record too are 
Yeah, the, the lyrics on this song are some of the best on the record. Absolutely. So here's um here's a little bit of walking in the snow. If oh, the, the song it. of the year. Not, yeah, okay. yeah, this is your song of the year. So here we go. Dirty cold to go, been cold since cold flow. Got a wire to enlarge and I set a fire down below. I hang it up when you say sorry, didn't know. Probably got a year, ten to go, so let's go. I don't really know how to go slow. Just got done walking in the snow. Goddamn, that motherfucker's cold. Hey, when the wrong mode, you open and close, you know, holes no go. This whole world's a shit mode, built to the brim like Gitmo. When you think it don't get more low, with limbo to the sticks on flow. All the pressure's born of lies, I don't make the rules, I'm just one guy. I'll do respect and getting spit on, how respect is now defined. Hungry for truth, but you got screwed and drank the Kool-Aid. There's a line, and then directly at the edge of a man's grave, that's their design. Funny fact about a cage, they're never built for just one group. So when that cage is done with them, and you still pour it, come for you. The newest lowest on the totem, well, golly gee, you have been used. You have to build a death machine that down the line will kill you too. Christians, y'all are different, kids in prisons ain't a sin shit, even one scrap of a Jesus talk connected, you feel different, what a disingenuous way to piss away existence, I don't get it, I say you lost your goddamn minds, if y'all possess one to be with, just got done walking in the snow, goddamn that motherfucker cold, just got done walking in the snow, goddamn that motherfucker cold, just got done walking in the snow, goddamn that motherfucker cold, just got done walking in the snow, goddamn that motherfucker cold, 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 Going the lowest, and usually the lowest scores, the poorest, and they look like me. And every day on the evening news, they feed your fear for free. And you so numb, you watch the cops choke out a man like me. Until my voice goes from a shriek to whisper, I can't breathe. And you sit there in the house on couch and watch it on TV. The most you get is a Twitter rant and call it a tragedy. But truly, the travesty, you've been robbed of your empathy, replaced it with apathy. I wish I could magically. Fast forward the future so then you can face it and see how fucked up it'll be. I promise I'm honest, they coming for you the day after they coming for me. I'm reading Chomsky, I'm reading Bukowski, I'm laying low for a week. I said something on behalf of my people and I popped up in WikiLeaks. Thank God that I'm covered, the devil can smother, then you know the evil don't sleep. Dick Gregory told me a couple of secrets before we lay down in his grave. All of us serve the same masters, all of us nothing but slaves. Never forgetting the story of Jesus, the hero was killed by the state. All right, I had to play that whole second verse from Killer Mike because that is just the best part of the whole record. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, oh my God, lyrically, the way he delivers those lines. Oh, fuck. With, without like getting so it good. back into RTJ4. It's just, <laughs> Which we're like, I feel like we're already doing. <laughs> I just, I, I, I love how he makes me feel uncomfortable with things. I, I love how he makes me feel yeah. uncomfortable because we're an uncomfortable society that don't like talking about things that we should be talking about casually and, and expressing feelings like that. And it's, yeah, it's sad that we can't do that. I, I, just, I love how he makes me, how he reminds me that it, that I shouldn't feel uncomfortable about these things and brings me down a peg. And I, I, I love it. I love it. Oh, it's so good. I got every, goosebumps. I got chills. Every time I hear that verse from him, I have, I like, I always like kind of stop what I'm doing or I just like really pay attention to what he's saying. I don't know what it is. Like he has this, this master way of delivering lines. It's it's crazy, man. 
It's so good. I love that song. Love that song. Banger. Absolute banger. So that leads me into the biggest banger of the year, <laughs> and that is the Bomb Pops record, Death in Venice Beach. So this is the best record of the year. It, it was tough. Don't get me wrong. It was tough. It, it, sh- it could have easily been RTJ. You only but, not did RTJ because it's a popular album. That's like literally the only reason why no, you did it. No, that's not at all. No, no, like, no. There's only one reason why you did it. I saw no. your notes and that is why. No, it, it's this is an album that I just was not expecting at all. Like You expect greatness from RTJ, but you don't expect greatness from the Bomb Pops. You know? And so when this came out, it was just like banger after banger after banger. It's so catchy. I just, I just have so much fun listening to it. It's not a depressing record, really, at all. It's just straight fun, just straight fun and catchy. And oh, I love, I love this record. Absolutely love it. I've, like, if you listened to our Spotify Wrapped a f- month ago or a few weeks ago, like it was all bomb pops for me. It was stupid. It was so stupid. But yeah, it's the best record. And um, here's a, here's my favorite song, my song of the year, I guess you could say, and that is a uh, Blood Pact from the Bomb Pops. There's a there's a bit of blood packed from the bomb pops, song so of the year. So catchy, song of the year, dude. Right? Ah, oh, it's the best song. <laughs> oh, it's so simple. I love it. Great album. So, those are our top fives. Uh, I'll just throw out some. Wait, what was your honorable mentions for this one? Uh, Did you have any? Death by Stereo. Okay. That was yeah. We're all dying just. In time. That was the one that I bought instead of Suicide Machines that one day because it was cheaper. Oh. And because it was colored vinyl. <laughs> and I th- honestly thought, I was like, there's no way like these punkers are going to come in and, and see the new album by Suicide Machines and pick it up. And then next week it was they gone. <laughs> of course. Bastards. So just that one? The honorable mention? Yeah, that's it. Nothing else is good this year. Okay, my honorable mentions were that Death by Stereo record, um, the Suicide Machine records we already went over, and then also the I Am the Avalanche record, Dive, that we went over. Honorable mentions. Sorry. Nice. Look at that. We talked about everything. So we're done with our top fives. Done with our top fives. All right. So now let's just get into the vinyl stuffs, the stuffs we got this week. We picked up. We got delivered in the mail from the 
slow as molasses, uh, United States Postal Service. Um, what have you got this week, Jeff? Go. So let's start with the Chaz stuff first. Um, I got some Stan Getz focus. This is an album from 1961. He he mm-hmm. has said that this album is either his favorite or one of his favorites out of 150 plus records that he's ever cut. So fuck, he loves this a lot, and it's cool. It's 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 Getz backed by an orchestra, so it's a little different than what we've been diving into lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But supposedly the music was composed without Getz and only left small openings for Getz to jump in and improvise where he saw fit, but even like the improvisations weren't predictable. He would either come in late or he would come in super early and end early. And then there'd be like silence or he wouldn't come in at all. And then he would just play over the orchestra. There's a lot of like weird things and a lot of unconventional mm-hmm. things. And it was always, just, it was just really cool. It was just really fun. And it really showed his chops and it was great. Yeah. Where did you get that one at? I got this one at Aldo's, Aldo's attic. And it's a cool gatefold and it has, like each track kind of broken down into like a paragraph in the gatefold. And then it'll tell you a little bit about the song, like the history of the song, how it was composed, how it was written. And then mm-hmm. it kind of tells you what to look out for as gets plays. Hmm. Okay. So it's cool. And what's and the name of this record again? Focus. Focus. Yeah. Okay. This is uh before he got into his bossa Nova thing. Okay. Bam. But you like his more bossa Nova stuff, right? Like I, uh, I, I like or the all. more, I, I like everything. The first one I got from him, was Sweet Rain, and that was another mm-hmm. that was another really good one. But the Bossa Nova stuff, I mean, that's just like everybody likes that, you know. Like it's yeah, it's just it's it's universally accepted as being good. Yeah, you can't not like that style. It's fantastic. It's great. Mm-hmm. Another jazz. Right. I got Miles Davis, Porgy and Bess. This is a 1959 album that is just kind of like a cover album of the Porgy and Bess, the Gershwin, the opera from the 30s. Oh, okay, okay, got it. It's got that yeah. summertime song in the summertime. Rodney's on the microphone with Boston. <laughs> that song? <laughs> Wait, that song that song dates back further than the zombies? Yeah, that's from like the thirties. Oh what? I thought that was a zombies like original. Uh you probably oh, thought fuck. it was it was a Bradley Knoll original. Well, um, no, I would never think that because the zombies version is really good and it came out thirty years before. And Bradley Noel really wrote okay. original songs. <laughs> Just kidding, he's the best. I actually didn't enjoy this one as much as I, I thought I, I would or should. And like I've listened to the Porgy and Best music in various forms because I have a lot of it on vinyls. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I I like critics and reviewers and everybody says this is a classic historic jazz album. I just could not get into it. Just did not I don't like it. I don't know. I feel like they say that about every Miles Davis record. Like, it's historic. It's the greatest. Like, it seems like Miles Davis can do no wrong in anybody's eyes. I think I think that's I think that's what it is. And I just, I thought this was kind of boring. I don't know. It was, it was kind of him veering away from that hard bop complexity and going towards a more, I think it's called modal, m- modal jazz sound. Okay. Modal. But, um, I think that's how you pronounce it, yeah. Yeah, and trying to read in more about the, the the modal jazz stuff was fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I don't there's know. so much to learn. There's so much fucking to learn about this stupid genre. Yeah, it's really stupid. <sighs> I know it's confusing. I don't even know what I'm reading sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like what I've noticed about jazz sometimes is like, oh, they'll they'll say, oh, in this song, he switched from 
you know, the time signature 10-8 to 12-5. And I'm thinking like, like sometimes it's really hard to catch that. Like, like you really have to be paying attention or you have to really know what you're looking for. Like sometimes, like, like you can hear it, like if it really changes the subtlety of the song, but sometimes it's like, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't hear it. I don't hear it either. And I only know it's even there because I read about it or somebody <laughs> told me to listen for it. And yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. And like some of these time signatures that they use are just so weird. I guess like, uh, what, what was I listening? I was listening to, I think it was a Stan Getz song and he was like playing in like 11, eight. I'm like, why, why do you do that? Why would you even want to like play in that time signature? What's the point? Because just I to be can. different. <laughs> yeah. Just because he can like, <laughs> seriously, that's it. Oh yeah. Fun, I guess. It's I weird. Know. It is fun. I like the genre. Dave Brubeck, the mm-hmm. Dave Brubeck Quartet. This is uh, his college, his college album. I think it's called Goes to College, but it's a 1954 album that documents the quartet as they played various colleges. So it's, it's cool. all live stuff at colleges. And it's a is, cool concept. Is, is Dave Brubeck white? Brubeck yeah. white? Okay. Yeah. And was, I wonder if his band was too or if they were... I don't know. I this this is. I mean, like like I said, it was a cool concept. Like play jazz at colleges and introduce it to a more sophisticated audience, right? The college crowd, the people mm-hmm. that are that are smart, that are I don't know, whatever. But I guess at col- at first it was difficult to get gigs with the colleges because they don't want them playing here. But then after they performed some stuff and they got wildly popular, and this style of jazz became wildly popular, like people were just itching to get these guys to play their college. But it was really That's good. pretty cool. It was good stuff. I wonder that that must have been like that had to have been like the first time any band had thought of doing like a college tour. Like even like it's today, weird. like college tours, you only think of one-off performances or acoustic performances. Like, like nobody tours yeah. colleges. Yeah, that's so like, weird. Why? How fucking lame! <laughs> like that's that's where you should be touring. Yeah, that's where everyone's gonna actually come up, come by, and or show up and watch you play. Silly. <laughs> that's great and then i got right. john coltrane's i think it's called bahia or bahia this mm-hmm. is uh it was I've released heard of that one. it was released in 65 but it's essentially just b-sides and unused stuff from the late 50s and, and you know there's always that one song on an album from a band they just really tear it up and they just go nuts and it's really fun and you're like okay well it doesn't really fit on the album but it's fucking good and it just rips yeah like every song here is like that Oh, that's it's so just, cool. It's just crazy. And this this is like punk jazz. This is like if jazz were to have like a punk side of it, like this would be it. This is like the punk jazz. It's, I saw that re- I saw that record recently on Discogs and I thought about picking it up but I didn't it was like twenty five dollars. Oh damn. I got my yeah. but it's pretty good. Yeah. It's good. Okay. I'll keep my eye out for it. Yeah. Paul Chambers. Next next album, High Step. This was released in '75, but recorded in the '50s. It's a compilation, 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 compilation of, of his first album, Chambers Music, and his second album, Whims of Chambers, and both feature Coltrane as a sideman before he went on to do his own thing and become really popular. And I guess the label Blue Note, what they used to do was when they had music that somebody famous like Coltrane or anybody else that would, they were like a sideman on, they would re-release the album. And even though this is a Paul Chambers album, 
they put Coltrane and Chambers in the same font and the same size um, oh. on the cover to kind of like hype it up, even though this was supposed to be a Paul Chambers album. So that's kind of that's it's kind of shitty. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that. Fucking record labels, man. But Any way is, they can make money. Dude, this is so good. Like this is this is exactly why. Even what little jazz I knew going into this whole vinyl thing, like this is why Paul Chambers was on my top five bass players because I don't know a lot of bass players, but I do know this guy fucking is amazing. And you can hear him lead the band and you don't even know that he's leading the band until you hear not like time signature changes, but he also does those too. But you can hear him do something different and it's only like one or two notes and then the band will follow him and he, he just like leads the pack and he goes in and out of things and it's, it's so fluid and it's so fantastic. I love this. Mm. This might be like my favorite jazz record that I have. But it's a comp. You don't like comps. You don't buy comps. What's well, it? It kind of is a compilation because it's a com- it's a combo first <laughs> and second album. Okay. So it's All not. Right. I don't know. It's not like a compilation. It's not. And they like. In, I don't know. I don't know what you would call these. A combo album. I mean, I guess so. Yeah, two for a two for would be good. Yeah, two for Sutherland. No. All right. So getting away from the jazz, I listened mm-hmm. to an album that I've been waiting for until Christmas. I really don't like Christmas music. I think it's annoying. It's obnoxious. But the only Christmas Fucking music that I truly like is the Chipmunks because they're not dude, annoying the obnoxious. <laughs> so <laughs> the I, uh, I have the Chipmunks Christmas album and it's this cool like foily looking cover and this from 1962. It's the only ex- the only Christmas album I listen to. I just don't like Christmas music, but it's also but it's weird. so good. No, it's not. But it's also weird that like the most obnoxious Christmas music is the only one that I listen to. Something's wrong with you. That it, doesn't make any sense. Like the the Chipmunk Christmas song itself that that is that's a banger. That is a banger of a song. <sighs> it's not. I don't even know the last time I listened to that record because it's so bad. Because you're. But I remember listening to it when I was a kid. No, it's not good. Chipmunks are fucking annoying. I got this in one of the first boxes that we did, too, and I held out for five, six months just so I could listen to it on Christmas. <laughs> and I put it away, so I'll listen to it next Christmas. <laughs> just once, though, I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Because it's not that good. Well, I don't know about that. So oh. I bought some records off of OfferUp, and I ended up selling them and making a little bit of money, but I kept one for myself, and that was Taylor Swift's 1989. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is uh, this is her fifth album, 2014. This was like her shift from her country sound to a more, specifically this one, a more synth-driven pop sound. And yeah. the 1989, that's that's her birth year, and it was kind of like representative of like a new beginning for Taylor Swift. She's now veering away from the country and, and being like a pop star now. So it was it was it was great and like this has songs songs like Blank Space and Shake It Off, fantastic. Shake It Off's a good song. See, this album is yeah. fucking killer and she's awesome. Not everything she does is should be taken <laughs> as as like fucking gospel and, and stuff because it's not all like great, but it's all good at least. Yeah, what album did we do on the pod on our last episode? I think we did Fearless. Yes, that's what it was. It was Fearless. Yeah, I wanted so to do 1989. Fearless. I, I wanted to do 1989, but you guys vetoed it. I wanted well, to do Fearless. Fearless is, oh my God, what a, that's a classic. That's up there with like like Led Zeppelin 2. That's up there oh with my like Sgt. Peppers. That's up there with everything. <laughs> that's going down history. Oh, no, it's not. 
It's not. Yeah, so that was the only pop thing I listened to. Um, I I picked up a Ravi Shankar album from from the thrift store. It's a dollar, and Fucking it was a '64 album, Portrait of Genius. And the second mm-hmm. side is just one 20 minute long song, and it's dude, it's a banger. Like the guy is just. He's not just like a great sitar player. He's he's a he's a fantastic composer, an amazing leader, and the way he works mm-hmm. himself in with the percussion, reminding me of Getz doing his stuff on Focus. Like mm-hmm. when you think he'll come in, he comes in, but then other times you think he'll come in, he comes in late or early or not at all. It's just it's just weird. He just does whatever he feels like, but whatever he feels like is perfect. <laughs> I know he's so fucking amazing. I love that. That sound, that style of music, it's so cool. I put this so under, unique. I put this under my prog section because I don't. I've decided like I'm not gonna do a world section because I don't want to just throw a bunch of shit into the world because I that's I don't want to do that. Hey. So I put it in my prog section because that's what I do. See, no, it doesn't fit in prog. If this it would was fit a, closer uh, into jazz. If this was done by like, I'm trying to think of a person. If this was done by like Jeff Beck, you might put it in the prog section. You wouldn't put it in jazz. Hmm. It's just because of the name is is why we think it's not just the name, but it's also the style of music that the artist does outside of that particular album. Like if Jeff Beck were to do it, I would think about putting it with all the other Jeff Beck stuff. So more than likely, more than likely blues or uh, that's that's why it's hard or rock single somebody out. Like I I would have said somebody if if like George Harrison did this, but then you would say, well, I put the next to the Beatles. Like, okay, so it's it's just hard. But this is this dude. This definitely has prog elements to it. Crazy out of here, but that's, no, not also not to, jazz. that's also not to say that Prague doesn't have jazz elements to it. But this is closer to Prague rock than it is to jazz. Mm, I disagree, but okay. Well, if you hear it, you'll probably agree because I don't think you listen to jazz or Prague rock in a little bit. But that's <laughs> when you hear all the shit I've listened to this week. It's, uh, it's probably just like fucking Coltrane over and over and over or something. I don't know. Yeah, just know. like seven different Coltrane records. Yeah, so I also listened to, um, speaking of prog music, I have another Styx album, Serpent, and this is their third album. And uh, Your fascination with this band, I don't, I don't get it. If you just listened to it, you would understand. This album got shit reviews. Like, people fucking hated this. They thought it was absolute garbage. But it's fantastic, and it's irritating that people, that there's essentially two, actually like three different Styx bands. There's the sticks that is like prog rock and heavy. And then there's like the, the grand illusion sounds and then all the way up to like mm-hmm. Mr. Roboto. And then like, there's everything else after that. Fuck that. But everything that's not like that synth sound sticks, everything that's before that is really fucking good. It's really heavy. It's really prog rock. It's, it's fantastic stuff, but it gets, uh, it always gets such shitty reviews. I think it's just because people want to hear Mr. Roboto. People want to hear come sail away, which come is fine. Away, yeah. But, they're so much better than that. They're so much bigger than that. They're so much better than that. You should okay, listen I mean, to I guess. This is like the fourth album I've said that it's actually really good, and people said that it's garbage. So I don't know why you didn't <sighs> listen to it yet, but that's fine. You can keep listening to fucking Corn. Ah, oh, dude, Corn's so good. I also picked up this uh, this other prog band called Renaissance. <laughs> he just fucking ignored me. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, Renaissance. I don't know if you ever heard of Renaissance. Cool little. No, band. I have not. They. Uh, this is another compilation. Compilation. Of their third and fourth albums, so okay. I, I, I kind of dig these these like combo albums. They're kind of cool. Like it's it's a good way to get into a band fast. I don't think like 
go search out for another record. I can just go boom, boom. I got two records already. And okay. this is kind of like, this is their third and fourth technically, but it's kind of their first and second because their unique sound came into play here. No original members were on these albums. So it was kind of like a new beginning for them. Completely new band. But That's so weird. Funny enough, all the songs on this album were written by the original members and they weren't even on the band or in the band at the time that it was released. So that's weird. how could that even be possible? I don't know. I guess they just reused old songs and fucking people weren't even in the band anymore. That's weird. But these but guys are good? cool. Yeah, these guys are fantastic. They're they're kind of known for their fusion of, of like the lead female vocals in pretty much like all styles. They do some like classical numbers, some folky stuff, some really heavy psychedelic stuff. It's all over the place. And hmm. like whenever we talk about like the prog rock sound and then like the prog rock mindset, this is for sure like progressive mindset. It is just all over the place. Things change so fast. You don't have time to think about it. And then by the time you realize it's happened, it's already changed back. It's, it's crazy. It's fantastic. Interesting. And how'd you find out about this one? Was it in a pile? Yeah, this, like was, just, this was just in a pile. And actually Sloan had one and he played it and... He played one of the earlier ones. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. That's cool. And then we got another pile, and this was in it. I said, I'll keep this one because I kind of like the other one. But that was with the old lineup, and this is the new lineup, so it's a little bit different. I was very happy with this. I would pay, I would pay right. money for this if I saw it. But I had to sell for me, too. Is that their only record? Oh, no, that's not their only record, but do they put out a lot of stuff? Yeah, they got, they got, a, they got a bunch of records. Okay. Lots and lots of records. Mm. I'm always down to check out New Prague. As Beach long boys? as it's not sticks, oh! I don't know yes. what your your hate for the Beach Boys is. I mean, the the st- the sticks are the sticks. <laughs> like I'm telling you, their early stuff is solid stuff. It's it's good. Okay, I mean, I, I mean, I'll eventually listen. No, you won't. Don't lie to me. Well, I will. I will. So, uh, Beach Boys, I have Surfs Up. This is like their seventeenth album from 1971, oh my and. God. This is this is like a good representation of a progressive pop sound. It's it's very different than what I've always known to be the Beach Boys sound, but mm-hmm. I didn't think it was anything great. I thought it was fun and it was good enough to listen to and, and finish and kind of appreciate and see where the band was going at the time. But I I feel like it just lacked character. There just wasn't anything there other than a progressive pop sound, as if like the Beach Boys just did this like this is this is what you would assume they would do and going leading into the 70s is it a brian wilson thing so was he in the band from from what else i was reading too is is he was like barely in the studio one of the producers that worked with them was was kind of upset saying like this shouldn't be like a beach boys album because wilson just decided to show up whenever he felt like it and barely put any input and just kind of phoned everything in but then that same producer, like decades later, kind of like recanted and said, oh, no, everything was great. I'm sure it was fine. So I don't know what to believe, but it's just kind of boring. She listened I mean, to it really, once, but yeah. There's really nothing the Beach Boys have done that I thought was spectacular. I mean, just stop. Just, just the music's don't. fun. Just don't. It's fun. And they're great singers, obviously, but just, just, I, just, just don't. They're, they're just you, one of those have bands. Listened, have you listened to Pet Sounds? Did you, I have. Did you skip that one over? And you're, you're no, Pet Sounds is good. I don't. Pet Pet Sounds is good. I feel. I feel the way. I feel. Oh, how am I? Try, how am I going to try to say this? The way I you feel, feel like about the Beatles. No, <laughs> the way you feel about the Beatles is how I feel about the Beach Boys. There you go. 
I'm well, a Beatlesman. You're a Beach Boysman. There you go. Well, my next record that I will talk about is Sgt. Pepper's. You don't... Wait, you just now got it? Uh, I got it in another batch. I actually got Sgt. Pepper's and Revolver, but the Revolver one was too fucked up, and I got rid of it. I just I couldn't even get through it. Some part It skipped a little bit, but there was mm-hmm. so much noise on it. I just I couldn't do it. But I did keep, I did keep Sgt. Pepper's, and uh, I listened to it, and it was good. It's fine. <laughs> it was just good? No, it's really, it's, it is a really good album. It is a really good album. <laughs> I don't know why you hate this band so much. It's insane. Thank God. It is boring. It is boring. Boring tuna. You know. You okay. Know whatever. Whatever. I, you'll you'll eventually learn someday. You always do. Nah. Takes you a little while, but you get there. Um, I got I got uh, some pop punk, the Jello Sound. Do you remember these guys? I do not. Uh, not at all. Oh, all right. Well, okay. Fucking. Guy. Who are no? Who are they? They're. Uh, they're a band that got me hooked with their first album, Kill 'Em With Kindness. And that was like maybe 2002, 2003. And they didn't release another album until almost 10 years later, just about 10 years later. And their second mm-hmm. album, A Gentle Reminder, that's the one that I have. And they're just, think like Hey Mercedes or like the New Amsterdam's, that type mm-hmm. of like emo pop stuff. Yeah. That's what these guys are like. That's what they're. Maybe like a little heavier in some in some parts, but essentially the same thing. And uh, it's great; like it's it's fantastic. And this record is solid white with like a little bit of like red splatter, but it's super mm. minute. It looks really nice, and I got it from Rise nice. Records, so I was pretty stoked about so it. So it was like ten bucks. Yeah, double album, <laughs> double LP. Ooh, Dude, what a deal! Better. Dude, that was that was a great sale. That was a great sale. <laughs> oh oh so, boy, I'm happy with it. It's good stuff. Do they play? Do any of the guys play in other bands that I would know of? Yeah, I've I mean they do play in other bands, but I don't think that you would know them. I, I didn't really know them, and there's no like big following for them. And they are now officially defunct as of like 2015 or 16. Well, how the, the hell did sound? you even hear about them? The Jello Sound? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Back in in high school, when I was really into like that emo phase, like I don't want to call it emo. It's more, it's like emo pop. It's I don't know. But like, I really liked the New Amsterdam's, the, the Matt Pryor side oh, project yeah. and the Get Up Kid. And the Hey Mercedes, I think, is a fantastic band. And yeah, this, good. it's kind of in the same in the same vein as that music. And Kill Em With Kindness, oh, dude, that is a phenomenal album. Uh, okay, I'll take your word for it. I mean, I, I think the New Amsterdam's are good. I don't know the last time I listened to Hey Mercedes, but... Yeah. Oh, dude, you're crazy. I'm crazy. Get the fuck out of here. All right, what else you got? Um, little little blues rock here. I got another Skinnerd album, Second Helping, their second record, seventy four. This one, uh, this one's really good, but it starts off with Sweet Home Alabama, which I could mm. I could totally do without. It's the song's not that good. I don't like it. It's just so, yeah. it's so cheesy, and I don't know, whatever. Maybe if I hadn't heard it like twenty six million times, I may like it. But whatever. <laughs> this so like I I realized that these guys are just like a dirty, dumb version of the Almond Brothers band. Like the I Almond Brothers that, yeah. are very technical. They're very good at what they do. They're very smart. They're intelligent. They're well, almost like in a jazz aspect. It is very. They present their music very well. Leonard Skinner mm-hmm. is is like the opposite of that. Everything's sloppy. Everything's dirty. Everything's grungy. But like it works so well for him, and it's so much fun. And I really like Leonard Skinner. 
Wait, you like? Oh, you like that part of it? Yeah, I do. Even though you were talking shit about it, but well, I mean, just because you're dumb doesn't mean you're you're bad. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're not bad. So whoa, 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 oh, whoa, oh, no, whoa! See the backhanded compliment thing right no. there. Yeah. I got it. I got it. I See, also uh, well, that's debatable. I also got another <laughs> Rolling Stones album, Exile on Main Street. This is this is their tenth album from nineteen seventy two. Why do you keep getting? Rolling Stones records. I don't get it. This one was you free, You don't even too. like them. This one was free, too. Uh, you don't and even like them. No, 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 no. I've been on the fence for a while with them, and this is the fourth album that I have by them, and I have I've officially named myself as a Rolling Stonesman. I bought another album no. by the Rolling Stones yesterday. No. I'm officially a Rolling Stonesman, especially from, like, I don't know. I guess, like... I guess Tattoo You or that Tattoo album and before, mm-hmm. at least, for sure. Just take out everything from the 80s and beyond. I could do without that stuff. But everything before that is absolute bangers, dude. And there are songs on this album that are just perfect rock and roll songs. And there's there's like perfect blues rock songs. And then there's just some perfect straight blues songs. Like, they do it all. And it's kind of argued that this is like their best album. And, and I get a... From what I've heard, my my very limited experience, I got to agree. This is a phenomenal album. It is so fucking good. I've, everything I've heard from them, I've just been blown away by. Outside of like the singles, even like you can take out the singles still, and I'm just like, holy shit, these are really fucking good songs. These are really catchy. They're really well put together, and these guys rip. Hmm. I maybe I just haven't listened to enough of them to agree with you on that. I I don't I don't get the Rolling Stones. I don't get the appeal either. With them, well, like to be them fair, the Beach Boys, I guess. Outside of like the hits, have you sat down and listened to a Rolling Stones album? No, no, I have not. All right, because if so you just take the I'm hits, not. for sure, I totally agree that the Stones are like they're just a bunch of like one hit wonder cranker outers and they're boring, <laughs> yeah. But there's much more to them. Maybe one day we'll do an album by them on the bot. Oh, it might be my next little pick right there. Oh, mm-hmm. god, your list is growing. I know. Uh. I know. Um, two more, or actually 16 more. Um, <laughs> this band called Blackfoot. Have you heard of Blackfoot? Never heard of them. I some, like the name, though. They're, uh, I don't know, just some, some band from like the, the 70s and 80s. I have, I have their third and fourth album, Strikes and Tom Catton, and from mm-hmm. 79 and 80. But the lead singer from here played with Skinner for a brief time in like the early to mid 70s, and then like went back to Blackfoot and then rejoined them. In the mid '90s, uh, re- rejoined Little and Scared in the mid '90s till I guess today still, but this oh. is just it's good Southern rock. Like think Leonard Skinner, but not more, as good. More '80s out, like more synth based or ballad like. Yeah, just more ballad like, more more focused and, on on like uh, like process solos rather than mm-hmm. jammy solos. Okay, and you like it. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought Strikes, that's their third album, was was a lot better than Tom Catton. But uh, I mean, this is it. I'm not going to buy any more. Even if they were like really cheap, <laughs> I probably wouldn't pick anything else up by them. Even if it was free, yeah, it I doesn't sound too it. interesting. Yeah, I like the name, but the way you you explained it to me doesn't really sell it to me. Yeah, it's whatever. But uh, dude, I I hype up Sticks all the time. You listen to Sticks. <laughs> I have like three Sticks records. <laughs> I know. I've listened. They're just all two not of the three. Either. No, the I have um yeah, pieces the of illusion the grand one. illusion. Yeah. Those are the two I've listened to. I have one more, but I don't remember what it was. Grand Illusion's 
I think it's fantastic, but pieces of eight. Eh. Grand Illusion's yeah. good, but it's not like you know, you know, knock me on on my ass. You know, oh, not dude, like when, when I listen to ELP for the first time. No, it, it, it wasn't is, like when I listened to ELP or Yes for the insane. first time, or Mahavishnu. It's not like that. It was good, but just didn't blow just, me away. Just why? Why do you? Why do you gotta try so hard all the time? I'm not trying so hard. Like you try so hard, just enjoy it. It's good. <laughs> it's like sometimes it's okay just to have a normal pepperoni pizza. You don't gotta get all fancy with your cuppings and your feta cheeses and all the other toppings. Just eat a good slice of pepperoni I think, pizza. I think you're talking to the wrong person here. I do like feta that, cheese on pizza, though. It's so a bad analogy, yeah. So what you just said made no sense. You just try too hard sometimes. You should tone it down. Uh, I don't. My next one is <laughs> Deep Purple. I got their first album, Shades of, of Deep Purple. This is uh, this is 1968, and this is a totally different sound than what I expected it to be. I, I thought this was going to be like the Deep Purple heavy sound, but just kind of like lost, kind of fighting their way. But it was like nothing like that. It was psychedelic rock and... They have a cover by or a cover of Help by the Beatles on there, and it's 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 very poppy. It's very Beatles like. It's weird. Oh, it's that's n- really weird. And this album is is like heavy pop, and not not like heavy rock, but like heavy pop focused. And very you bizarre. said this was their second record, their first, or the album. first, the yeah. first. So what was that like nineteen sixty eight? Yeah, sixty seven. Literally the first thing I said after the name of the album. But that's oh, you fine. did say nice. Sorry, sorry. It's okay. Sorry. Are we? Uh, am I boring you? Or no? Do you need coffee? Do you need like? No, I'm just. Th- there's a lot to take in, so I'm just trying to remember. Just take everything. it in, baby. You don't got to remember everything. I well, clearly I do because you just mm-hmm. like got on my case. You got to remember sticks. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because <they're> good. <laughs> But this uh-huh. is a uh, this is cool. This is this was cool to to hear where they've started and then like progress into like smoke on the water. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that that what, kind of that kind of progression is really cool. What is Machine Head? What it, is it? Their third, fourth? <laughs> that's like their fucking eighth or some ninth. What? Yeah. No. Oh yeah, that's like that's that's a, oh that's, shit. That's up there. That's up there. Was Richie Blackmore in? Is he was he in the band from the start? I don't. No, yeah, he was, he was, he was. He, he was, was, okay. He was. Hmm, yeah. that's weird, like that progression for, for a guitar player like that to go from pop to machine head, which is, I don't know, it's weird. I mean, it was definitely, it was it was definitely like psychedelic rock also, but mm-hmm. there were definitely like pop rock elements to this, and I just didn't know, I didn't know what to do. Like I was listening to it, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Dude, because like the, I didn't know what to do. Like the Made in Japan is so heavy and it's so good, and even Smoke on the Water for its outplayedness is still a pretty killer like rock song and it's fun. Mm-hmm. But this this was like nothing, nothing like that. But it was cool. All right, it was like eight bucks. Fuck it, right? Yeah, it's not bad. Not I actually bad. paid for this one. I'm surprised you hate yeah. paying for music. I do. I, I've been so spoiled <laughs> like throughout this collection <laughs> process. Well, I to an extent, yes, but you just get anything. Like you just, you're like a a black hole of record collecting. You just like anything sponge, that that finds its way. Up. I want to listen to I mean, anything and everything. We have discovered quite a few things because of it, so makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that's pretty right. much it. And then, like, uh, that leads into my my pick of the week, and and that is this is hell the, from their album Black Mass and the song Acid Rain. Hmm. Yeah, the opening track for this album. These uh, 
Do you want to play and talk about it? Do you want to talk about play? What do you want to do? You I mean, it's first, up to you. I, no, you dude, don't do that. I hate it. I hate it. But, well, I where, where did you get this from? Okay, so I got this from Rise Records. This was another little 10 spotter, 10 bucker. And uh, I've heard about them when, because they used to tour with I Am The Avalanche in, in like the early days and with Four Years Strong, another mm-hmm. really cool band in that vein. And I, but I haven't thought about these guys in like 10 years, dude, like forever. Mm-hmm. And they popped up on the Rise Records site and I was like, this is hell. Is that the same band that like you should go with I Am The Avalanche? Like, nah. So I didn't think anything of it. And then when the second round hit of the Rise Record purchases, remember, because I bought like one round because a lot of stuff sold out. And then went yeah. back and bought like another one. I went back and like actually clicked on it this time. I don't know why I didn't the first time, but I clicked on it this time and like sure enough, like it was the same band that I I had heard of many many years before and said, yeah, dude, I'll pick it up because they're cool. And it's ten bucks. This was really cool, but how they played with I Am the Avalanche and Four Years Strong seems so strange. Like this is very different music from those two bands. So what? I don't know a lot about Four Years Strong. The guys in there. But I am the mm-hmm. Avalanche, and, and these guys kind of have like the Danzig mindset. Everything is very, very. They're very much like go getters. They're very DIY. These guys toured toured Europe, toured 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 Europe, <laughs> without any kind of record contract, without any money, just like booking shows as they go. And that's cool. They would just like record on their own dime, and then burn it on CDs, and just give it away at shows just to get their music out there. And eventually, they they got wind or. or some producer from New York heard them and, and like loved what they were doing for themselves and then picked them up and gave them like a contract and, and they're not like huge or anything, but it paid off for them, you know, like that kind of work. Yeah, this is cool. Off. So I think that's why they were touring with I Am The Avalanche because I Am The Avalanche and, and, and Vinny is kind of like the same way. They're very, I mean, first of all, they're very easy to get along with. It seems like every band that they tour with some usually is like really different and everybody has mm-hmm. a lot of fun. They play a lot of shows, so... It makes sense. Okay. Definitely not the same music, but it, but it makes sense that they would be just the together. ethic, the work ethic. Yeah, is the same. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's uh, here's Acid Rain from This Is Hell. I fucked that one up. Stopped the music too abruptly. Oh. Whatever, though. No, uh, no, that was that was fantastic. I can this hear is hell. I might have played on my Spotify. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I meant to just turn my phone on, but it was already on, and then I started it over. So sorry about that. But anyway, yeah, no, that was that was really good hardcore punk music. I, why didn't you tell me about this when it was on Rise on the website? I don't know, because we got so busy talking about at the drive-in. I, just, I, don't know, I forgot. <laughs> ah, that was really good. I would have totally bought this. Plus, every time I tell you to check out Sticks, you never do it. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, come on. I did. I listened to Grand Illusion and the other one. I can't even remember. I listened to every everything you tell me to listen to, I've listened to. It's true. It's true. Got him. No, but that was fantastic. It'll it'll probably still be on the site, but it won't be 10 bucks. Yeah, like the bleeding through. Yeah. I can't believe that. It's like $22 and then $12 shipping. Fuck that. Yeah, that's silly. Like like trying to recoup yeah. lost money or something. That's so shitty. Yeah, it's so dumb. But yeah, dude, Whatever. Every, every song on this album is like that. It's Everything is very fast, very thrashy, very punk. It's good. Mm-hmm. Very that good. was great. Some parts reminded me of uh, of Bane, like the singing in Bane, and yeah, and that kind of stuff. But um, it's like the the l- kind of like longer drawn out vocal vocals that he yeah. does, like when he draws out certain words, very Bane. But everybody else is still going really fast. Yeah, that's good. That was a good, that was a good record. I, I did listen to the record too. So mm. look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Okay. So that was your pick. Those are your vinyls. Ready to move on? Yeah, ready to move on here. Okay, so uh, let's start with a little bit of hip hop here. I got uh, I got NWA straight out of Compton. Got this one. Uh, what? Oh, it was on, on the, the um, red vinyls. Yeah, on the red vinyl. But what, fuck, what site was this? I don't. Even, I still don't know. It's called like You Discover Music. Yeah, but, like, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a really weird site, but they had a great fucking deals. <laughs> like it's like thirty, yeah, like what was it thirty or forty percent off, and then like another ten fifty percent off total of was fifty. It? it was thirty percent plus an extra twenty if you use like a coupon code, so fifty <laughs> yeah. percent off records with free shipping. Yeah, that's right. Fucking so I got insane. a, I got quite a few records from this one, uh, and then this NWA one was one of them. Uh, it sounded better than I thought it was going to be, uh, but when I looked it up. The uh, this vinyl, I guess, like a lot of the the pressings of this record are missing like two or three songs. What? And yeah, so there's 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 a few songs missing off of this one, and yours is probably the same way. Oh fuck that! But yeah, I was what the I hell? was reading about it, and it's it happened. I guess it's it's like a common thing with these pressings. Do you know what songs are missing? I I'd, I'd have to look at I'd have to compare the the track listing on like Wikipedia to what's on the track listing on my. Uh, what the fuck? Because like they like even on the uh, the back of the 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 jacket it it even doesn't it doesn't even list the the songs. Damn. Like I think it's only like ten songs when there should be thirteen or something like that. Was it like a mistake or was it like an attempt to censor the the album? I think it's I think it's intentional, but I don't know why. Like I never really found a a real reason why. Hmm. So, but I didn't do that much digging. But whatever, it was I paid like fucking thirteen dollars for it. Yeah, I'm so not true. I'm not bitching. So. Yeah, so I got NWA straight out of Compton. Uh, the next one I got here, I mean, I, maybe you'll be proud of me. I don't know. It's uh, Beastie Boys, Hello Nasty. Hello Nasty. Have that one. Double LP, 180 gram. Sounds oh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, this this record is really good. It's really good. And I don't know why you, you think I hate it. it. That, to me, makes no sense because I think it's a might be a perfect record. 
Well, you think Might it's like their seventh best, and they only have no, six it's albums. Not. That's why I it's not. You think it's, it's actually their third best, but that's okay. So I picked up Hello Nasty, and then um, I also picked up another BC Boys record. This is their second best record. Uh, this all came from the you Di- the same you discover site. These three hip hop records, um, and yeah, I got the second best Beastie Boys records, be- Beastie Boys record, and that is To the Five Burrows. Pick that one up, and uh, I mean, a lot of people don't know about this one, but it's like it's solid, solid hip hop. There's none of the the instrumental stuff. It's just straightforward hip hop, but like like Paul's Boutique, but better. Pick that one up. Um, let's see here. You got nothing to say? No, just it's just no, no, no. You're not gonna, you're not gonna it's take a, a bite album. on that one. Like it's, it's it's good. It's top five Beastie Boys, but to say it's better than Paul's Boutique is well, when it else. is, when it is, it is. Whatever. What, you say what it is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is what it is. <laughs> oh, I hate that so much. Okay. Uh, this one too, I also got from you discover. That was weird. Uh, it's the offspring. Finally listened to, finally got it. Listened to uh, conspiracy of one. Uh, that got the, I got, you got the yellow one too, right? Yeah. You didn't get the, the splatter. No, nah, that was too much. Yeah. It was like an extra $10, I think. So pick that one up. Um, and I looked it up and there was, this is the second pressing of this record. The first one was in 2000. When the record came out, there was a there was a short pressing of it, so we're not the only ones who have them. So, but it's still cool, you know. It took them twenty years to to do another one, but it's good. Sounds amazing. Sounds fantastic. I love this record too. I I've listened to it a couple times actually this week. I always forget how really really good it is, and some of the guitar playing is fantastic. And man, the catchy as hell. It's it's chock full of bangers, and it's it's kind of like a throwback to Smash. And kind of how, like that specific sound, but mm-hmm. also with really strong melodies from like Americana. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And some of the goofiness of Americana as well, but not oh, as much goofiness. And, and then like the gatefold too on this one, right? It's so cool. Like the how, how oh every, yeah every song has like a different animation. The lyrics are in the animation itself, and it kind of coincides mm-hmm. with the theme of the song a little bit. It's fucking rad. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a really well done pressing of it and 180 gram it's only one record but you know we paid less than 20 bucks for yeah, it yeah well worth the 16 dollars that we paid <laughs> for it <laughs> i don't know why i almost didn't buy it too i don't i don't know why oh so lucky yeah that's a, anyway yeah so i got that one uh the next one here i picked up from uh moldy toes records down in san clemente california and uh this is like one of my go-to record shops i really like this place and um, I picked up AFI's EP, The Missing Man, uh, fairly cheap. And uh, so I was super stoked about that. And I think it's a solid output. It was the last thing that they put out like two years ago. And it was 2018 when they put this out. And um, and if this is indicative to what their new record's going to sound like, that's pretty cool because there's some bangers on this one. So I picked up The Missing Man. It's a, it's a 12 inch. So that's kind of nice too because I don't really like 10 or 7 inches. But if I have to buy them, I'll buy them. But now this comes as a full 12 and uh, yeah, got that one. Sounds great. The next one here I got from the Glass House record store in Pomona. Uh, it's connected to the venue, the Glass House, and they do a thing every day or most most days at six o'clock on their website. They post like a bunch of used records for like cheaper than they would normally sell. 
And uh, I picked up refu- the refused record Freedom for like 10 bucks. And um, this is like after they they got back together, this record, but it's still a pretty solid record and it's worth the $10. So not complaining about it. 10 bucks. 10 bucks. So I got that one. And then now moving into some prog, just one prog record. I got a ELP, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, their album Tarkus. Uh, it's their second album. I, we've talked about it before uh, because you had it at some point for a brief period of time before you got rid of it. Uh, it came out in 1971, and uh, this this album is fucking killer. Musically, story-wise, lyrically, it's so cool. It's, I, it's I don't, a good one. Did we talk about like the story at all when when like a few, like a month ago or two months ago? I don't mm-hmm. remember. No, I don't think we went. Like as in depth as we do now when we were doing it then. Yeah, maybe not. I think we just like listing what we got. Yeah. So I just I'll just touch on it real quick, but like side A is just one song. It's a twenty minute song. And then side B is like five different songs. And uh and it's the the album tells the story of the creature Tarkus being born in a volcanic eruption and then all of the enemies that he faces throughout his life and his battles with those enemies. That's like the the entire story, and each song represents a different battle or a different enemy. So it's a cool little story, and the artwork's really weird and fucked up, but <laughs> it's great. I thought it was fantastic. Second, My, my second favorite ELP record. So what's your, what's your first? Brain Salad Surgery. Yeah. Yeah, that, one, that one's untouchable for me. I think that one's more untouchable because it was the first one I heard, and it blew me away. And this one, I felt the same way about when I listened to it. So, I would I would probably say like the Tarkus is my second. Brain Child Surgery is for sure my first, but yeah, I really like Works. I think Works is my third. Works is good too. Yeah, I still haven't listened to the second Works one, but no, dude, they're like all their stuff. All their stuff's really good. I shouldn't say all their stuff. I don't have the beach no. one. <laughs> no, the beach one. No, that one's not good. I st- I still see it for like four dollars too, and I still don't buy it. Get it for like a dollar. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. And then, yeah, that, and the cover, no, fuck that. Um, <laughs> so getting out of Prague, going into some jazz, and I'll wrap it up in there with that stuff. Um, Paul Chambers, I picked up a comp uh, from Moldy Toes, and uh, it, the comp is just called 1935 to 1969, so, you know, when he was born and when he died. And, um, yeah, it obviously came out after he died. I, it's hard to find really any information on this one, and it was really cheap. It was only like, I think, $6 at Moldy Toes for a used copy. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really good. It sounds great. But like I said, I don't know anything about it. I don't really know who played on it. There's not a ton of information on it. But yeah. Interesting. Picked it up. Good stuff. It was cheap. Why not? Getting more, in, getting more into jazz. So uh, the next one here I got off of Discogs, off some store on Discogs. Uh, Stan Getz uh, got his album called The Master. It was re- this album was recorded in 1975, but it wasn't released until 1982 under Columbia. Uh, it's it kind of doesn't have the best reviews, and I think that's kind of why they didn't release it for so long because it I guess maybe he didn't like it too much, and the label didn't like it that much, and reviewers just say it's like it's just mediocre for him. But I I just don't know enough about jazz, I guess because I thought it was really good. Okay. So, pick that one up. It was cheap too, so 
you know, any cheap jazz I'm probably going to pick up, especially if it's from an artist I know, I'm probably going to pick it up. Uh, the next one I have here is Wes Montgomery. Picked up his record from that same Discogs page. I picked up his record Tequila. Uh, came out in 1966. Uh, it's more, you know, the Latin inspired and and stuff. And the first song is the song Tequila, <laughs> which is always really cool. And it's just, I, I never heard Wes Montgomery, Wes Montgomery play this style. It's always been like straightforward, like jazz music. But to have that, that, that other influence was really cool too. So it was good. But this one also gets like kind of shit reviews too. And I don't know why. It was good. Is it, is it an album full of like covers? Um, I don't think so. Cause I think I, like, this isn't, this is another one. There wasn't a ton of information on. Cause I so. think sometimes when, when, cause I, I had a couple of his albums that were just nothing but covers. And my problem when he does like just cover songs, same with like Chet Atkins too. They're just, they're confined to that song and they don't yeah. explore as much as they would. If it was like an original piece to where they can really showcase their talents. They want to stay like, it took, I don't, I've never heard this, but tequila like he's probably trying to stay true to the melody of that so it doesn't give him a lot of room or maybe as, as much room as he well deserves yeah i think that's and why people i don't know may not like it see i don't know because i'm looking at it right now i'm looking at the track listing and these other songs i've never heard of but that doesn't mean that they're not covers but i've seen another west montgomery recently with like a cigarette on the cover i don't remember the name of it yeah there's like two beatles covers on it and that kind of I I didn't want to buy it because of that because I figured, you know, most of them are going to be covers. That's 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 an album that I had and I gave it to Sloan because it was it was boring. Was it really? Yeah, Ugh. because of that, that reason. Sucks. Because like he's he's a phenomenal guitar player and he really is. Like the way he uses the like the fat part of his thumb to play mm-hmm. the strings is so bizarre and weird. But when he's doing these covers, he's he's just like confined to a template. And he doesn't he doesn't allow himself to venture off of that template too much. When I know he yeah. could just be, he could just be going nuts. But it's the same thing with Chet Atkins too. When Chet Atkins is doing a lot of cover songs, I've 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 found that he doesn't he doesn't noodle as much and he's just not I don't know, he's not as well versed, I guess, when he's doing cover songs as he would just be doing like original pieces. Makes sense. There's less char- less of less of their character in their music. Yeah. In the songs. Yeah, I it's understand. Good, I gotta, like, that it's makes not sense. bad, you know. Yeah, but it's not what you want. Right. You know, especially like when you when you go into something not knowing that it's all covers. Yeah, that's that sucks. Well, these guys are doing like fucking a hundred albums. It only stands to reason that they'll do an album of, of just covers. <laughs> that's that's very true. That's very very true. All right, the next the last one I have here leads into my song of the week. This one I also got from the uh, the Glass House on their their website and. Um, this one I I got actually by accident because I thought it was somebody else. <laughs> and then after I bought it, I'm like, oh, fuck, this wasn't who I thought it was. And so then I looked it up on Spotify and I'm like, God, I hope it's good. I listened to it and it was fucking great. I was so <laughs> impressed by it. I, it was like such a happy mistake. Like I'm, I'm so stoked. So it's a, it's a guy named Dick Hyman and this girl, Mary Mayo. And the album is called Moon Gas. So Dick Hyman is a is a very is a very popular jazz pianist, piano player, and uh, he's just he's just well renowned within the scene, and he he still performs to this day. He's like in his eighties, but he still performs. Or when we were allowed to have concerts, he did. But he's been on a shit ton of records and put out a bunch of his own records. 
And uh, this one moon gas I got, it came out in the six, I think 63, 64. I don't know where my notes went, but that's fine too. <laughs> Did you oh, write yeah. them down or something? Like you lost I wrote, the I wrote them down on a different, on a different document. Oh. So yeah, no, it's, 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 this is actually, this one came out in 1963. This album moon gas came out in 1963. He put his first album music out in 1953 and this is his 23rd album. So he put out 23 Damn. records in 10 years. So that's pretty fucking crazy. And he his style is, he uses a lot of like Moog. What is it? The Moog or the Moog, whatever Moog? you want to, the Moog. Yeah. He uses a lot of that with his, with his, um, with his playing and a lot of weird instruments. He, he came up with a lot of his own sounds with um, another guy on the record who's not really credited much, but they came up with a lot of weird sounds and noises and they, they kind of, labeled this album like music of the 22nd century and then this girl mary mayo she's just has a shit ton of uncredited parts on different albums throughout the years but she never really did anything and this is the thing she's best known for is this record so she kind of just like sings but like wordlessly sings just just sings so on some of the songs and it's it's a wild record but it's really cool so who who did you think it was or who were you looking for originally Arthur Lyman, uh-huh. the guy who who played with Martin Denny. So and so I was gonna get I thought it was for whatever reason I saw Arthur Lyman and when I clicked it, I after I bought it, I'm like, oh fuck me, that was not him. <laughs> but but what a happy surprise. So this was really cool. So here's um this is the song uh Space Reflex Blues in Five Four. So here we go. Sorry, I had to end that song abruptly, but whatever. You get the gist of it. It's really cool, kind of like exotica, futuristic style sounding jazz music. It's really good. So, so what do you think of it? Well, for one, isn't it weird that you bought something you didn't intend to buy, but it ended up being kind of in the same vein of what you wanted to buy originally? Yeah, it is kind of weird, right? That's strange. I don't know. That's, that's very, very bizarre. strange. But what what's cool about this is it's... Like, I've been really into surf rock since we've been doing this whole thing, too. And Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Like this is like you can clearly hear a lot of these bands where they got some of their their surf rock jams, some of like that exact sound they're taking from this song. Like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff the Safaris were doing and and the Marquettes and all these surf rock bands, like this is what they sound like. A little bit faster, but that's yeah. the exact sound. So that's cool. That's very true. Yeah. I like that. With the 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 super high reverb and and all that kind of stuff. Just say the, like ding 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 ding. ding. Like that that little tone, that little melody right there is probably like every surf rock song ever. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So it was. This was really cool. And then on the record is on the jacket. Some guy reviewed the record, and all of his he reviewed every single song, or he talked about every single song, and they printed it all on the back of the jacket. So that's cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So I got to like as I was listening, I was reading about each song and like how they how they made the song, how they wrote the song. And then, yeah, so it's cool. It was really, it's a really, it was a really cool purchase. So very happy with it. What a find. What a find, man. So I'm going to check out more of his stuff on Spotify and see if it's like similar. And then if so, I'll, I'll buy more of his stuff on vinyl. But yeah, I I thought this was, this was fantastic. One of my favorite purchases of the, of my collecting this year was this record. So did you put this in your top five? It, it was an honorable me- it was an honorable mention, but I didn't say it because oh, it was like two days ago we did it. I forgot. No, no, no. Well, I know it was two days ago, but I didn't say it because oh, I don't know. I don't I know. We didn't give our honorable mentions for the vinyls. I see. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I got. It's my song of the week. Uh, let's move on to two new songs that came out, or some new songs that came out. I guess uh, the first one here. You tried to trick me into liking it um you said no research just listen it's five songs and it's 12 minutes long so i didn't do any research till after i listened and it's it's a the artist is called sunday service the song is called emmanuel and uh yeah it's it's gospel music you know i got like 30 seconds in and i felt like i was at church when i was a kid okay i really felt like i was i was in church which is fucking weird i don't know what kind of crazy great churches you went to but none of my boring catholic churches had any well, cool music some, stuff well like some this. like the song gloria the last song on this ep that was a song that we sung in church like every time every sunday like everybody sang that song it was a common thing so like i remember like i got through the first song and i saw gloria and i'm like oh, is this the song that we sing in church and then sure enough it was that's what it was did you so, go to christian church i went to catholic oh yeah so it just remind a lot of it reminded me of church when I was a kid. But yeah, okay. this is um Kanye. <laughs> so it was uh, the way Spotify listed it, it cuz the Sunday service thing, he's already been doing this for a while and they've already released yeah. stuff, but the way Spotify did it, it separated it from like the main Sunday service artist page. Uh-huh. And so like even if you clicked on it, it wouldn't take you to the Sunday service, the other album that they did or the other recordings they did that looks like the Jesus is King vinyl, that that very bright blue, that watery blue thing. So I mm-hmm. thought I could get you. I was like, oh, I wonder if he'll notice or, or, or if I he mean, was paying attention when we did the Kanye episode and we talked a lot about this stuff. I wonder if he would put two and two together because I don't know. It's still really cool gospel. Like it's still really, really good. I fucking loved it. And I hope it's on vinyl at some point because I will buy it. And um, it's fucking great. It is good, good stuff. It was good. It, it was cool. Uh, I wouldn't buy it on vinyl. It was better than some of the stuff Kanye's put out. 
So just throwing that out there. Uh, but yeah, you you did get me because I did not make that Kanye connection until I, I looked it up. I typed in Sunday service Emmanuel and yeah, then Kanye, all his face popped up all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Now it makes sense. Why, why you told me not to do any research. The first, the first, uh, the first public performance of, of this, I don't know, gospel choir group was an Easter performance at Coachella. Oh yeah, that's right. That was like really controversial. I remember that. And so I'm still dumb. like, I'm not to like dog anybody's religion or anything, but I'm still not convinced that Connie is who he says he is. I just, I still think this is like <laughs> some type of long con thing. I don't know. I just, I can't. I don't believe it. I just don't. You think everybody's long coming? I I do, especially when they the got only one. When they got so many priors. Only two people I think are actually long conning, and that's Fred Durst and Dexter Holland. <laughs> the only two long conners. But anyway, uh, the last thing that we have here, I don't think you listened to it because I just put it on there. I think today or yesterday. Did not. And uh, it's the band Crosses. They put out like kind of secretly put out a new song or a cover. I guess it is called The Beginning of the End. Uh, this is the band with um, Chino, the singer from Deftones. He sings in this band as well, but it's more electronic-based. And um, I, it doesn't really sound like Chino. He like sings in a, in a lower register, so a lot of people were questioning whether or not it was him. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was an okay song, but whatever. So I'm not going to play it. I doubt you want me to play it too, right? No. I, I, I mean, if you want to, you can, but I really don't care. But I listen to it. Yeah. So it's not really anything to get excited over oh shit oh but yeah guess we're all done <laughs> yeah we pretty much are so uh do you got anything else to say this is this has been a quite the episode quite a few days it's been it's had. been a long one but kind of not long one but now i'm looking at the recording it's been a long one it's been a long one <laughs> i'm kind of, it's almost like what happened was good because it, it gave us like a nice day break because yeah. who knows how long this thrice episode is going to be but uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at SNI Radio. And uh, thanks for listening. And that's it. That's all. There we go. There we go.